Okay, we're doing part one of a creature double feature. Uh, this is going to be two weeks worth of Legends of Tomorrow, which honestly is kind of funny because it turns out they had to push back Legends and Flash a week because they didn't realize that Super Tuesday was happening, which makes a lot of it sense does, but... when, when you think about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So for our opening bit, I went to England, and I have some observations that I was hoping you could you could confirm and or deny. It's been a while since I've been to England, but there was a very long period of my life where I, I dated someone from England. Most of my friends were from England, and I spent my parts of big parts of my summer in England. So it's been a while, but I might be able to confirm this. Continue. Okay. Couple things. Number one, everyone from England is constantly like frightened, yeah. but I'm kind of like, what? What are you afraid oh, no. of? I don't understand it. I don't know Sins what they're, they're afraid of. Them. I think you and I, when we when we do our London trip, like you and I officially like go and see stuff. I think we will have a more fun time, but I'm also worried we will get arrested for laughing too loudly. <laughs> I, that's my thing that I'm like worried about with Japan too, where it's like, of course I want to go to Japan and just, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for literally every Pokemon stuffed animal in this goddamn display case, old man. And I won't take no for an answer, but on another, <laughs> on an another level. My thought, my, my literal thought that was <laughs> London. This is where the England, that's where you get the British series originated. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I hate it. Thank you. Um, like it is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, the English are very easily. They're the kind of as a as a as a nation, they are the kind of nation that if you pop a paper bag near them, they will all jump up and scream. I I that's why I mean we started listening to the Magnus Archives as we were driving down to Katsukon. You started. I, and I was listened, like, but, okay, you know. so I fully understand. I fully understand why it takes place in London now, because I'm like, I even need to re-listen and be like, I finished season one. Um, I need to be like, are these actual supernatural goings on, or are these just people who are... Incredibly English. Are these just people, are they just two eccentric people disrupting the gentle, gentle status quo? And sometimes the answer is maybe, but it's hard to tell. Because honestly, imagine Jane Prentice in New York would just so totally be like, hey, lady, keep your fucking worms to yourself. <laughs> like that's I mean, yeah, there are definitely some of the some of the times that I'm listening to. Um, Someone smacks fucking... her with a purse. Lady, if I didn't let the guy with a coffin move in. <laughs> if people who nobody in this city to their walls could not own an apartment in New York City, then nobody in this fucking city would own an apartment. And, like, that's the fundamental difference between New York and London. And you don't realize how kind of good we are at that as a country until you go to other countries and it's like, buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. Could you lay off? Buddy, they won't even let me fuck it is literally is the New York City motto. It's the New York. It's truly the Buddy, New York motto. Even. That and that that fucking post that was like the subway conductor who was also a rat chanting hell, 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 hell. I mean, that's the thing is, as I learn more about as I learn more about the Magnus archives and their lore, yeah. 
And I find out that they're, and I took that quiz about which one of the entities are you. I'm like, I feel like New York is so different because we're just like, oh, that giant uh, evil void. Yeah, we, sacrificed the- <laughs> lady, that's called the F train. Yeah, we just put our trash in it on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> but no, we're just- it's just like, yeah, of course we've been living with these horrible existential things, but it's also New York. So Whatever. like, <laughs> I don't he live. He stands around. I don't live with these freaky spirals. Yeah, Uzumaki. These freaky spirals live with me. (laughs) Christ. Um, okay. So, first episode we're going to be discussing is technically is the third episode of the fifth season. Did we come up with the title for this aren't one? Aren't funny. It is. It was references it aren't funny. Be. Because here's the thing, and this is I'm I'm just fundamentally by making that the title of the episode. I have like the, you know, and I, I do I I think we've damned this which is just a references aren't funny, know, which is a reference. And we make it all the time, and every time we make it, I'm like, we just like it's just it's not. It's time flat shrug emoji, etc. But like, okay, so here's the thing that is fundamental to me about understanding this episode is that while I it we talked about it a lot because there were a couple of things that did did well, but the fundamental beating heart mm-hmm. of the episode is flawed. And I so I even when it does things right that I might be interested in emotionally even if i don't agree with the venue through which they're being communicated i can't enjoy it because it is so clearly a pastiche of something i know a lot about and i cannot in i i only am going to end up comparing it to the thing that you are directly ripping off from because it after a certain point it stops being a reference or a shout out and just becomes lifting the goddamn plot wholesale and running away with it as fast as you fucking can and when you do that, you run the risk of me finding you coming up wanting. Because it wasn't like, they effectively were like, what if we didn't understand slashers? What if we wrote about, a, what if we did a pastiche of slashers and Carrie, which is not a slasher, but we only did it after being told what slasher movies were from someone who seemed like the last 20 minutes of Scream one time. So that was bad. Now, I, yes. I'm going to say I was coming at it from the end where, like, I don't know slashers at all. Um, I had my issues with it as well. But I was kind of like, ha ha, it's fun. It's a, it's, it's a horror pastiche. Ha ha ha. And then you're like, that's not, that's not how that fucking works. That's not how any of this fucking works. Work. I'll kill you. And I'll kill you. I I'm actually driving. can. I am. I mean, an amateur, like an amateur about it. But like, no, I know a lot about horror. I have studied as i can i'm about as scholarly as you can get in terms of being into horror cinema without like having a formal degree i don't even know how you get a phd in something that specific um i've read a lot of articles on this like like research i wish i wish you could just for you definitely i mean like listen if i'm gonna get a degree in any bullshit it's gonna be pokemon like i'm gonna be the pokemon professor and i know what you're thinking well it's not real well you're not real so and if we're just making pie in the sky bullshit degrees i want mine in pokemon studies <laughs> and i would be great you would it. be a legitimate um, pokemon professor. yeah that was uh but okay so here's the thing is i don't want to spend 
I'm going to try to try to take this naturally, like, and not just dump all of my criticism about this issue at once. So I'm going to start with the fundamental thing that made me so goddamn mad, especially in light of this week's episode, where they had a really creepy and good mask motif where like baby john and baby natalie had like i think it was a rabbit and some other animal I don't... a rabbit and a rat i think yeah. let me check right now where i'm also like hey is that just what is that just what british kids do for fun it was interesting to me because if you've ever heard of a game called rule of rose which is like a semi-obscure survival horror game from the early 2000s aka my favorite genre of video game that i wasn't old enough to play um <laughs> Like, they did the mask, the animal mask motif a lot in that. So I've always kind of liked it. And it's a very English horror like, specifically. Like, Rule of Rose is set in, like, a like an English boarding school. So it works. Setting was right. Uh, it was, like, I think it was a rabbit and a rat. Oh, no, wait, I just saw them. I just saw them. Hold on. I'm, like, trying to make icons. So I had the episode so open. John, who's stupid fucking mohawk, but we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about this episode outside of this. We're going to discuss this no, episode I'm just, in the next I'm just, hour. I'm just bitching about masks. Okay, it was a rabbit. It was a pig. rabbit and a pig. Nice. Okay. A what? Pig. Yes. Okay. I just want to make pig. sure I do right. But yes. Okay. So a rabbit and a pig, which is like really interesting in terms of one animal symbolism and two just cool, creepy masks. So you could do that. You had those masks. Yeah for the episode in which masks are not a major part of the mythos you're ripping off from and then for the slasher movie pastiche you're doing you don't even have the f- you the mask that the, so do you want the me to mask they actually... that they that like it it was so and i'm not saying it has to be expensive i think most people know at this point that the michael myers mask is like a a, a fucking hot like a it's, 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 it's the William a... Shatner mask, um, Star Trek era spray painted like white, and they put like fake hair on it. I'm not saying it has to be expensive. I'm not saying it has to be elaborate. Actually, most of them aren't, but it has to be threatening. Honestly, they would have been better off just having him put like a fucking paper bag over his head and cutting out like a, just a just a fucking slit for the eyes. That would have been more meant. Like they didn't. They fucked it. It was a Beetlejuice mask. It was not a be. It was terrible. It was no, 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 no. The guy who wrote it said we took a Beetlejuice mask and we modified it because that's what would have been available in stores at the time. You fucked it up. Okay, so that's that's actually okay. Hold on, that's somehow actually worse. (laughs) That's oh my god. Okay, so clearly, am I in trouble? Is that a real question? (laughs) I think the issue of that is okay. I'm sorry. So you took a vintage Halloween mask and you made it look bad i'm actually angrier about that now because if i had the opportunity to fuck around with a vintage halloween mask i absolutely could do a better job i'm not bragging that's not even a brag that is literally a statement of fact i could have absolutely made that thing look scarier and more threatening and this is the issue is like i could have done that they had all the pieces in place but they weren't the pieces in place were not being played by people who had any knowledge of the game that is so harsh it is we hard, usually really it, like this writer a lot. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I want to say, because I do feel bad, the writing, this was one of the things we sort of came to an agreement on after a lot of debate, because I was yeah. very frustrated with how badly, some of it is, like, personal reasons that I was upset, because, like, we talked about, like, how 
I said, we'll get into that later, but some of it was like personal yeah. reasons. I was a little more uncomfortable or upset with the way that the material was handled, but I did Fuck, actually. I had repressed. I'm so sorry. I had repressed the uncomfortable stuff about this episode and just remembered it. Um, no, that's fair. Shit. This is kind of the downside uh, to doing it a week, a week later. Cause now we're forgetting all the weird, awkward, because there was, there was, I, I do think there was an attempt with this episode and there is some genuine like attempted emotion there and i can relate to it and understand it but there are too many things in the way for me to be completely like like to really get the episode's vibe and this is kind of um you know this is an issue where it's like that coupled with the fact that i understand the genre they're failing to understand makes it a very dif difficult episode to just put a seal of approval on like it's that thing where it's like, if there were inaccuracies to their depiction of the Vietnam War, I'm just that fucking always sunny image of, that doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough about the Vietnam War to dispute it. But in this case, I do know enough about slasher films to dispute it. And Carrie is actually a story that has a lot of like importance for me because I read it at the only correct time to read Carrie, which was when I was 12 and just like in the middle of a hell puberty in middle school. So, you know um i'm gonna talk i'm gonna probably talk about how they fucked up the carry beats specifically at a later point but i think one of the biggest issues i had going into this immediately with the setup was i actually don't mind i did i i was i'm interested in the idea of high school reunion slasher villain that's not mm -hmm. a bad concept um but it was just very lazily implemented and like so here's the thing is that um the writer of the episode um i believe it was the writer of the episode posted um what were the original sort of story beats of the episode and we looked at them remember and you were like what the fuck happened here where like, it's like i feel like i feel like he the writer in question from the way that the original story beats looked where the story was a lot more violent and messy and nasty it makes me feel like the writer in question got that and went, okay, but I'd like this to like mean something. So I'm going to write about my emotional struggles in high school because I relate to some of these concepts. And like, that's a very noble goal of them. But at the same time, it, it's not a great marriage of concepts because a lot of our perceptions of societal alienation of certain kinds of teenagers has really just been just, just all those goddamn mass shootings really poisoned the fucking waterfall on that one. It's really difficult. I wish that's the thing. If this episode had not been about a white dude, I feel like that is the primary flaw of the episode. Yeah, not to insult the, the actor who is lovely, but oh, they did a great job. It's not bad. It's the optics, and it is something where like we actually because my our pitch for it was, and I do I still maintain this. This would have been a better episode last season when we were doing more fantasy themed stuff, because if they'd had it like he is like this, this, this loser nerd that like Mick sort of remembers and he's kind of like they meet him at the reunion. He's still kind of a nebbish, awkward loser type. And then they go back in time for whatever fucking reason. And they meet him again to try to, you know, get his groove back or whatever. And like there's sirens or main ads who are like the mean girls of the high school. And like that would have been really funny and really cool and would have had fantasy involvement. And then you wouldn't have had the the optics of of high school violence, which have the been optics. forever changed from the 80s. The um, optics, Michael. The optics, the optics Michael. Um, and it is it is something where it's like 
it's hard for me to ignore that because like, I, I know, cause we were talking about it and I was like, that was something that just, I, I it couldn't sit right with me because even though I'm well out of high school, I still think about mass shootings all the time because I have younger siblings who are still in high school and I work with children and I actually have had, um, you know, not to, not to disclose too much, but we actually had my, my kids who go to a regular elementary school, there was a shooting scare like six months ago. And I was sitting out there waiting for their bus to show up. And I got the call that there had been like, there were reports of a shooting near the school and the the buses were going to be delayed. And I'm just sitting there and I've never been more fucking afraid in my entire life. And, and so, you know, I, and I, 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 you know, I watch these kids do, they, they like play games about their fucking safety. Their, their, their red, red fucking light drills or whatever the hell their red alert drills, whatever fucking thing they're calling them. Like, so fucking horrifying and upsetting and horrible and just i don't even have words for how angry and sad and afraid i get and i don't you know and i do my best to talk to them about it and i've had to talk to my kids about like okay if someone comes into the building and they're trying to they're gonna hurt you like i you know here's what you guys need to do i'm not gonna let anything happen to you don't be afraid and i have to think about that a lot so it's really was this guy a school shooter specifically no is that kind of violence like uh, just 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 fucking just a, a a living breathing fucking tumor on the american psyche yeah it's it's it, it was it was rough it made it made a lot of the other ep- messages of the episode very hard to sort of be okay with being presented in the way that they were being presented where i'm like i get you wanted to humanize this episode and make it more empathetic and good because i do think that is the core of legend's strength but not enough change was made so it's like you can't it's like you can't make a human centipede with only two people although i guess maybe you could actually hold on never mind you can't there's got to be a horror related you can't make a frankenstein without without breaking a few eggs um (laughs) but yeah it is that thing where it's like you can't he tried. I can respect this author, this this writer's attempts at trying because I do think that like making the show more emotional and, and empathetic is its strength. Oh well, I was gonna say actually, what the original beat for the story, instead of making his mom the killer, was that they yeah. were gonna try to fix his life, and then they were gonna come back to modern times, and he was still gonna be like a killer and an asshole. Yeah. And I was like, well, that yeah. would have said one thing, but the thing is, I just. It was hard to sort of get into the groove. I mean, they just hit me with a two by four with the mom shit where I was like, oh, fuck, are we doing it? And my fight or flight response went into high gear. Yeah. And this is always but, something this is. Oh, you first. Sorry. But the thing about that is, you know, the first half of the episode, I was like, I'm, I hate this. Why are they doing like a why are they having even the thought that like, oh, if we're nice to this white male, he'll have a better life when all of this school violence is happening. And I'm, it's just I was really bringing up the narrative that, you know, men, and, and it is, this is a focus on men, white men specifically, commit this kind of violence because they're unpopular or they're bullied or something like that is so disingenuous and dangerous that so, I don't even think, like the so second they found Multiple out shooters. it was his mom, they should have all like literally had to turn to the camera and go, and by the way. Yeah. And like, and I mean, I know what you're thinking, like, oh, it's not up to them to, you know, you don't need to be told what's good or bad by a narrative. But 
when you perpetuate really harmful and dangerous things, the narrative needs to tell me that it knows that those things are harmful and dangerous. I'm not saying, it's not like when people are like, at the end of Parasite, they all should have looked to the camera and gone, capitalism is the real evil. And the only good praxis is insert political ideology that this person personally supports. I'm not, that's not, ambiguity is one thing. But this is an ambiguity. This is perpetuation of a really harmful and dangerous, just complete misunderstanding of why white men commit violence. So I do need you to tell me that you know that that's not the case. And it is something where it's like, no, we have to sort of reckon with the fact that it's not often talked about, but pretty much every single white male school, sh- school shooter is a, ma- a white supremacist in some way, shape, or form. List. Yep. Like, and it, I know that the, you're thinking, oh, but I also thought that it had to do with um, sexism and hating women. And I have exciting news for you, which is that in hand. <laughs> white nationalism and violence against women is the same Pretty thing. Much the same are, are not even two sides of the same coin. They're just sharing space on the same half of the coin. Do you know how many white nationalist men end up getting pulled into court because their wives file restraining orders and charge them with domestic violence? Because it's like at least three I can think of off the top of my head. And I know what you're thinking. Why do you know all these things? And the answer is... <sighs> I'm, the I'm, answer too, is I'm very online. I, I mean, don't and... you guys tune in every week just to hear that Ari has read a book about the subject? Because every time Ari's like, I've read a book about this. I'm like, I know you have. I'm always like so impressed. I'm like, when do you have time to read these books? A lot of these... <laughs> some of them are like... A lot of it is like books I read when I was in college or just you know even it's the thing where it's like even if i don't have time for a full book right now i Mm -hmm. i I literally will scan pages that i enjoy to go back and look at later i will read articles from you know academic and literary sources and i follow a lot of people to cover like hate groups because as a disabled trans autistic person i'm like i need to know who wants to kill me (laughs) Um, I think it's it's a weird coping mechanism. Um, I and also do, I, I get all important. my news from Ari. <laughs> At least that's what the crack in my brain tells me. But like, there's a <laughs> lot I know about. The, oh, no, 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 no! You can't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like, it is something where it's like, um, it's also on top of that, on top of all the real world optics. And all the all the hell that we live in and all of the ways that this has been completely misunderstood and like how they perpetuated harm unwittingly, um, even by making it his mom at the last minute. They still here's the thing is I get it, but they still went through all the song and dance motions up until that twist reveal. So I'm not willing to mm-hmm. give them a complete pass. So that's, that's completely six fair. one because it's like they didn't at the very last minute. Like surprise, it was his mom. So they did everything else up till that point. I also want to add now that and- I remember. They did the dipshit yes. thing that Back to the Future did also, so they ripped off Back to the Future, but then also ripped off the most racist part of Back to the Future. I'm going to get to that later. Um, knowing that the guy who wrote this episode was a black gay man makes me hope it was tongue-in-cheek. God, I don't but I don't know if he's gay. I'm hoping he's gay. By allegedly um, <laughs> black, allegedly gay man. Okay, Jesus. Okay, we're going to go. Here's the thing. Um, we joke. We joke, but some of this episode hit a little too close where I'm like, is he going to hear this? Is he going to hear us? Like, it was something where it's like, 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 no, I'm not gay. Like, I'm just going to get a DM that's like, (laughs) I'm not gay, but (laughs) not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And then I have to kill myself. But (laughs) I'll do it. Okay. I'm driving. I'll kill us both. I'm trying. I'll kill us both. Here's the thing. 
is I think what made me angry outside of the real world optics is Carrie, which is what they were ripping off of for like 80% of the fucking episode that wasn't the really racist <laughs> future but was like it is so profoundly a story of the horrible things that happen to abused teenage girls girls and i read it as an abused preteen girl who was dealing and it's also about like the trauma of becoming a woman um Thanks, you know Stephen. i mean the fucking the <laughs> story Stephen the King story, is well acquainted with I mean, I will. I mean, I will say because it's like they're actually the the author's note that Stephen King has before Carrie is something I remember almost better than the book because he talks about the inspiration he had from Carrie, where he was like, when I was a kid, there were two girls in my class, and one of them was like bullied because she was very visibly like poor and dirty and fat, and like her mom was like religious and weird, and then one of them was like bullied just because they just decided she was going to be the one that they bullied and children can be really cruel like that and he's like and one of them ended up dying really young i think and the other killed herself and the way that he talked about it and the way that he talked about how he felt kind of like he there was an he knew something wasn't right but he didn't really know what to do about it and how uncomfortable watching this happen and like how he was like i kind of wrote this as an apology to those girls in a way to try to understand what they were going through and it's his first novel on top of that. So it's very raw in a way where I'm like, I don't think the Stephen King who writes now would be able to write something like Carrie. That's one of those things you can only write when you are still kind of figuring out yourself and what you want to do as a writer. But it really stuck with me because I was in that situation where I was getting bullied. I mean, I was getting bullied because I was autistic and I didn't know what, and I was just so traumatized. I was so fucking traumatized, but I didn't know that. So it felt like I was getting bullied for no reason and like dealing with the trauma. There's so much, there's so much in that story. That's about the trauma of having a body where I'm like, now that I'm an adult who's realized I'm trans, I'm like, Oh, cause my puberty, my, my, my period starting was super fucking traumatic for me. And now that I'm, you know, looking at Carrie and that's like the story opens. Like if you don't, if any of our listeners don't know what Carrie is, um, the story starts with this poor fucking girl getting her period in the shower. Like, because this is a thing in America. You used to have to fucking shower communally after gym. Um, mm-hmm. We had those showers in my high school for like the teams to use after sports, but no one ever yeah. fucking used them because literally, why the fuck? Why would you do that? Um, but that was like a thing. And so she starts mm-hmm. having her period because her mom is like this insane religious woman she's flipping the fuck out because she doesn't know what's happening to her and she just gets like she just gets like she gets pads and tampons thrown at her and all the other girls in the shower just brutalizing her and then finally like the coach steps in like the adult steps in and goes hey what the fuck and like that was great but by that point the poor kid had already been traumatized and the thing that doesn't come off in the movie but comes off in the novel is how like the coach stepped in out of like a weird sense of pity but was also kind of like kind of thought of Carrie as kind of pathetic and weird for not for not knowing what was going on and that was a little more realistic to me and so like this is this is a very rough visceral complex novel and the thing about the scene that they're parodying in the episode which is the scene that I think everybody who even hasn't seen the movie knows which is the scene at the prom where she gets the pig's blood dumped on her is that's meaningful not just because it's a haha funny prank where something gross gets dumped on you it's blood from something that in a lot of religious institutions is an animal regarded as really fucking unclean and horrible 
Um, also, Legion, when Christ banished Legion, Legion was banished into a bunch of pigs that ran themselves off a cliff and into the ocean. So, the who pig- is Legion? Legion Legion is a is a demon in a, a biblical parable where like he's just possessing some fucking dude and Jesus is like what the goddamn hell are you doing and that's where the we are legion and we are many thing come from that just has been sort of permeated pop culture but it's a real thing huh. and so Jesus was like all right get the fuck out and he threw it he he like pushed the demon into a bunch of pigs and the pigs ran into the ocean and the pigs died I mean I'm kind of I mean I would hope so I'm kind of hazy on the details a little bit, but that was kind of the gist of it. And it was pigs specifically. And pigs are, you know, I pretty universally regarded as unclean by most most of the major religions, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just, oh, it's this gross thing that's getting dumped on her. It's a reminder of the menstrual blood incident from the start of the movie. An yeah. unclean and demonic force. And just something that is so for me tied up in this really specific trauma of like getting your period and and feeling like your body doesn't belong to you anymore and it's just this disgusting nightmarish thing that you're completely detached from and is betrayed mm-hmm. you and so them just making it garbage is such a god like that was the point where i was like this is why references full episode references suck shit because when you do stuff like this I I am inevitably going to compare it to the movie that you're ripping off from. And when you do a very shallow job and you don't even try to say anything new or interesting about the text you're ripping off from, I am going to eviscerate you, especially when I know that text very well. So it I mean, I made think everything episode yeah. rough. That is completely fair, honestly. Because we um, have very different, you were talking about your the mom thing, and I don't yeah. want to make I mean, I was actually about to transition into it. Wanna? All right, yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, Starwipe. Starwipe. So, I mean, here's the thing about the other thing about Carrie is that, um, I mean, I'm just like, do all traumatized? I mean, I guess maybe just the two of us, but I'm like, do all traumatized girls look at Carrie White and go, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm not a girl, but like at the time, yeah. And it's yeah. just still one of the people where I'm like. Yeah, hell yeah. Because there's always there's the interesting thing in the in the in the story is like mm-hmm. the way that Carrie Carrie is in a straight novel. It's in a pistol epistological novel. Sorry, that took okay. me a second. Which is basically it means that the 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 book is a collection of scholarly articles written about the tel the the incident of like telekinesis and how it might be a manifestation of hemophilia. Like you either Basically, you roll the dice, and if you have this gene, you either get hemophilia or you get telekinetic powers. So, Nate Haywood. Um, second, I was about to say, it, Nate Haywood fucking flop. <laughs> I know, you really fucking rolled a nat one there. But, like, so it, w- it would scholarly articles about the phenomenon of, like, p- teenage girls going through puberty, manifesting telekinetic powers briefly. Um, interviews with survivors of, like, the massacre. Uh, news articles about it testimony from people who were her friends quote unquote and also sometimes just flashbacks so like that is almost sort of like an it was a found footage movie before we had found footage movies and yeah so there's ambiguity about how much control she has over her powers 
because when people are talking about her, they act like she didn't have any control over what she was doing. But when we get more of the story from Carrie's perspective, she knew exactly what she was doing. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Get him. <laughs> get his, get, get him. Get him. Like, get, it her, definitely, get her, Carrie. There is a catharsis there. I think there's a very, you know, I, I usually don't like to, 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 you know, I, I usually when men write about women's experiences, it can kind of feel like iffy. But I think he, Stephen King hit the nail on the head with this one because it is so violent. And because it was, at least for me, again, the right age to read that story. I is actually I'm, also want to take a moment. Yeah. Um, because we said before, we were like, when you show a white man and you're like, oh, he's violent, that's not okay. And if you're listening, you might be like, okay, so, but you're saying that Carrie is violent and that's good. And I, you know, I don't actually, I don't actually know if people are saying that. I think most people understand sort of the difference, but because this is a podcast, I did want to actually discuss a little bit why. I mean, and that's the thing is that this was also written in the eighties. Like now, you know, there's white women committing violence is not okay. It's not, Yeah. it's the same because it's the same. If you're, but again, I listen. I cannot stress this enough. Yeah. Carrie is a work of fiction. This didn't really happen. We're not, this isn't even like an Eileen Warnos thing. We're, this, it's Mwah. kisses to the Carrie's stars. not real. So it's okay if I say, girl, get him, because it's not about, I literally think that teenage girls should just light their whole fucking school on fire and kill everyone over wrong them. Although, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, I do actually. I don't, please God. I'm so it's tired for of the McRory. If it works for McRory, I'm so tired of the current state of discourse that I, 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 but this is a story that I think if you're reading it at that magic point in time where Stephen King's novels are good, um, I cannot <laughs> recommend reading I cannot, unless you are a teenager between the ages of like 11 to 15, I cannot in good conscience recommend reading Stephen King. If you happen to be, however, first off, please stop listening to our podcast. And second... You should really read some Stephen King. Um, <laughs> are you... That said, get out of here, Stephen. Stop listening to this. Go, go do your homework. But there is something really cathartic because that was, I think, the first time or the first. It might have even been before I caught the last five minutes of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on TV, which was like an accidental thing that happened when I was like 12, 13 and was something I carried with me for like my entire life because just that. And so this is when, I, when I'm talking about how this mo- episode fucked up slashers. I'm coming from, like, I have always been surrounded by this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I know when they're not doing it right. But that triumph and that blood-covered howling and screaming female form is something that is so goddamn powerful because it is not something you see very often. So even if it's not in a directly heroic context, um, it doesn't matter because non-male people deserve the right to a violent catharsis and horror is one of the few places where I think they're allowed to get it. That is such a good point. That is such a good point. And another thing that sort of struck out with this episode, because the thing is, if you think about who the fairy godmother, if you think about Nora, who is coming from a deeply yeah. abusive place as well, like Nora yeah. is Carrie. Yeah. Nora, Nora would have been a Carrie. Like Nora literally was thing. Carrie. She did it. Yeah. She, she was did out it. there she doing really it. She really did it. And but, like... And so... But... And, and... 
God, it is such a mixed. Let's actually transition because it's such a mixed. Actually, no, that reminds because... me one one thing I want to talk about quick because there, as yeah. much as I do bitch at them for this, there was one thing they did right with the with with sort of touching on the issue of women and slap women in horror and slasher mm-hmm. specifically because again there have been there's been so much fucking written about women in horror. Um, uh men women and chainsaws i believe is one of those big seminal books that you can read if you're interested in it um that being said dead blondes and bad mothers is another yes that's a dead blondes and bad mothers is fantastic and also gender inclusive in its language cannot recommend it enough um really love it that being said they do the final girl thing but i the one part of this that i liked and the one point, the one instance where they actually benefited from this not being a horror show, like a literal horror genre show, was that I was never in date. Like, I didn't think any of them were going to die. Obviously, they're not going to kill off Sarah, Ava, or Zari, like, in the middle of some fucking, like, they're not, I wasn't fearing for their lives. So they got to have these really intense, power, powerful moments of autonomy and strength in this slasher setting where there was none of those issues that come with the final girl being like, you know, you have all the, uh, the final girl is the virgin is the, this is the, that whatever. And whether or not all these things are true in any given slasher movie, it's still like sort of a generally accepted part of the final girl archetype and not, they all defy that and they all survive and they all make it out. So even though I think this is a bad slasher setting, that was a good choice and it was really cool so they they got that at least oh boy where do i want to where do i want to bite into this okay uh wow everything happens so much life really is like a hurricane that's it okay no i'm going to i'm going to fucking talk about this okay so the thing is um as soon as i was like oh his mom is the one killing people cuz she's nuts i was like fuck don't kin this. And my brain was like, too fucking late, bitch. <laughs> you dumbass. You dumbass bitch. Um, I think there were, I mean, I just don't. It was not done again in a way where I was like, I'm still a little bit mm, because at the idea, because Legends has been a show that has been very proud of itself for sort of not engaging with traditional tropes of toxic masculinity and so then for characters like nate and ray who have like said stuff like you know pickup artist stuff is garbage and da 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 to then be like oh well he was bullied so that's why he killed people just sucked shit (laughs) really it felt really fucking weird i was like i think hello it's like i know it's because they really wanted to do an 80s high school movie so they have, it's like, it's like, and it's, I, you know what, this is the other, they wanted to do a pastiche of 80s high school movies, both horror and non-horror, so badly that they dropped all I was born in the 90s? I don't, I don't care. Every time I hear about the one, 80s, I don't care. But it's also like, my favorite murder, where they just talk about how nobody was supervising their children. Hey, by the way, while we're here and I just brought up my favorite murder, was the staff cast a fucking call out? Do we need to leave? I, yeah, I'm a little afraid. And I, because we were talking about it, I was like, can we sue? Can we sue on their behalf? I'll sue for them. They're my problematic people. I will of- sue on their behalf. <laughs> like, Jesus, guys. It was so fucking stupid. I, I'm so tired of being alive. Um, I was worried it was, I was like, 
they didn't make any sort of call outs that were like us so i do think it was more of an mfm thing thank god yeah. Um, Although I will say, Mick's baby mama is named Ali, A-L-I. One Al. Name is Ari. Which is, if you really want to fucking talk, A-R-I and A-L-I are literally too close. I'm scared. (laughs) I'm tired, Napa. It's not good. They named their fucking baby, like, Rach. R-A-C-H-E. No, they named her Lita, thank God. I can't do this. Her name is uh, Lita, like the sailor, like uh, Makoto's English name, where I was like, mm, taste. It's cute. I mean, it's it's cute. It's fine. I still, I don't, I don't like this plot line. I can't, you can't make me care about it. I refuse to morally, which is weird because normally I love dad. Well, actually, dad plot lines are either really good or really bad for me. Actually, I take that one back. Um, But like, I'm normally cool with like tough, but gruff, loving guy learns to get a daughter and appreciate his baby. But like, I don't care. So, like, oh my god, where's my train of thought? But, like, yeah, it was like they really wanted to do this really... Le- they, this is the Ready Player One of Legends episodes, where it's like they just wanted to do a bunch of references really fast, and they didn't really care if anyone's characters fit the archetypes that they were going. Look, remember this guy in the 80s movie? Look, remember this guy that John Hughes wrote about? That remember this? Remember that? Remember, remember, remember... And it's like, no. No, I don't. Because I was born in 1990-fucking-4. <laughs> you know what I remember? Pokemon. That's about it. You know what I remember? 9-11. Spice Girls movie, which I don't even remember. I remember yeah. a little bit of Britney Spears crossroads. Crossroads. <laughs> I don't remember Spice World. It's okay. I made I made my parents watch Spice World like every single day as a child. <laughs> I'm so glad. When I think of that fucking table we were like and Meatloaf is there and he says I would do anything for those girls and I just but went I said, don't them. you dare don't you fucking one do time it. we were at a press table and we were talking about Spice World and some guy is like I remember how Meatloaf was in the movie and Meatloaf is their janitor and he's about to clean their bathroom and he says I would do anything for those girls and I said don't you do it and he said but you I won't do that <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, and also, I like oh to think God. that I'm, what was the other one? I like to think that I'm the, the, what was the name one of the guy? Oh, I'm that one guy from Josie and Pussy Cats. <laughs> yes, thank you. I couldn't remember. Josie and oh Pussy Cats. Okay. I was so confused because I only knew the cartoon that I watched at three in the morning. So I was like, who the fuck was there? Who the fuck, and, and who the fuck is this? Because all I knew was the cartoon adaptation. Um, Go figure. Well, it but was like, all the cartoon a- adaptation. Alan was in the cartoon. They gave him. A- no, I know he was, but I didn't care about him. The only ones I cared about were Alexandra because I'm a sucker for just like her character design was really hot. Where it's like she's like black hair with a skunk stripe, and she had a cat, and, and like I definitely had a crush. Um, but I liked her because she was a mythic bitch. Um, Incredible. And the and the dance, is- Melody, the blonde that yeah. was just. A- the blonde that didn't seem... I don't think the one with the bell can read. Like, that mm. kind of character. Those are my two favorites okay. to this day, and I stand by it. Um, at any given moment, we are one or the other. But we cannot we each be both at the same time. We are constantly oscillating. Um, sometimes I'm the mythic bitch, and Ari is the hot, dumb one. And sometimes... Vice versa. And I'm um, the hot, dumb one. And that is the only <laughs> speed we have. And being a hot dummy is, I think, one of the best things you can do in life. Um, we have completely gotten off track. Here's my other issue is so this might just be me. And like when 
And, and like when I was a kid, the idea of fairy godparents going to children who like really needed them because their lives were really miserable. Like if this isn't a mm-hmm. new world, this is something the fairly odd parents like basically ran on. And that stressed me out so much because I did not have a great childhood. Um, so I was always sitting there going, how much more miserable do I have to be before I get fairy godparents? Am I not doing enough? Does my not, am I just faking it? Does my I wish nobody went to heaven enough? when they died. <laughs> yeah. Is that you want everyone to go to hell? Is that what you want to be? Done. Like, it it stressed me out because I was really, I was little and, like, I didn't really know how to, you know, it was one of those things where it's, like, you want to believe that something good is going to come along and turn your terrible living situation around. And it won't. Um, <laughs> that's really bleak. Sorry. Um, nothing, nothing ever came for me. Maybe it'll be different for you, person, hypothetically listening to this podcast in my situation. I had to kind of grow up and I'm still kind of hoping to get out of it. Okay, Jesus Christ. Anyway, my point woof, being is like, woof. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, the people of the world spice up your life. <laughs> I can't do this, Jesus. My point being is like Nora's whole helping out people who are of greatest need thing just I think reminded me too much of that. Where I was like, oh, I hate this. I hate this because it always makes me think, are my problems not good enough? And now I'm an adult and I know that it just doesn't really happen. And like, it's just like a. But at the same time, there's a little part of me that's always like, but please. And so it was weird. It was weird. And it was like, and it was like, and Nora's speech was so sweet. Genuinely. I really did like it. I, it was I just, would I actually like to happening I mean, someone else. Yeah. Here's the thing. Courtney really loved this kid that she acted with. And I'm so glad that she got along. And he was, he was quite talented. He was adorable. But yeah, he was I really think good. the speech Nora gave, because there's something Courtney said at a con recently, I actually want to make this gift set, but she um, said, like, the best gift you can give your child or your spouse or even yourself is to go to therapy, where I feel like this was very deeply personal, and that is also why I'm having such a deep discomfort talking about it, because I'm like, I don't want to have this in common. Ah. Again, I'm actually surprised with how much I'm okay with talking about right now because there is so when when I go back and I listen to the Vietnam episode and I realize, oh my god, we're not talking about the thing that we're talking about the entire episode and we are spending the entire episode dancing around every single concept we are bringing up. I'm just like, hey, this is bad. <laughs> but Whoops. I'm on a roll today. I already told my doctor I was transgender, so I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, whatever. I'm just, I guess oh, I'm. Oh, you I'm did. Congratulations. What they say? Oh yeah, no. Um, they were cool with it. She was like, she was like doing the really, like the really, I want to make sure that you know that it, you're an, that you will always like every, doing the really nice allyship stuff. And I'm just like, I am so, thank, thank you so you. much. For also, I am deeply uncomfortable. And she was also like, you know, speaking as an objective observer, I think your parents would be, you can tell them. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, on Mike's car place. I don't trust like that. <laughs> like, I don't trust like that. Thank you for thinking that, but I don't trust like that. Um, I mean. You were just like, okay, cool, parents, thanks, nice. Can I get the titty note? Yes. Um, can I go? Yes, which I, I, we're hopefully, it, there's no one who fucking does it in New Jersey. Um, I actually got a reference from someone, someone else on Twitter. So thank you, a person on Twitter. So I have to look into that doctor specifically. But that's the thing is it's like, it's not like you go to a place, it's doctors who perform it. And most of the time they're out of network. So you have to pay for it out of pocket because this country is a fucking nightmare. So we'll see. But in any case, so I guess I'm in a mood today where I'm like, whatever, I might as well just because I've definitely been more upfront about certain things. I guess I'm just in it. But like, I really did feel for Courtney and I felt for Nora because it's a good speech for Courtney. It's a good speech for Nora. 
I'm almost I like I just felt it was a little late. And again, and I also just want to say, not it having like, even even without not, not that it wasn't one, good or emotional. I just was, kind of was like, was I feel like Nora's person. big arc was last season. I kind of wish she had had it then. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that she done if she gave the speech having, to like a little gossip or whatever. Mona, in in the prom episode that Courtney that that Nora is in as the fairy godmother trying to fix someone's prom is violence and you will be hearing from my lawyers. Violence, it is violence. But I'm like another way you could have fixed this episode is like if you'd had it be and I think that's I would have actually bought it being a twist that it was actually her mom if this was the case if they'd had it be like a little like goth girl that everybody thought mm-hmm. was like a witch or a demon or a satanist and that's why she killed all those people. Um, and then it turns out, no, she was totally normal and it was just her mom. Uh, I think that would have been way more impactful because you still would have had all the really meaningful Carrie sort of the Carrie references mm-hmm. would have meant something. I would have been more sympathetic because as someone who wore a Naruto wristband to high, uh, fifth grade Catholic school once and got and got the entire school convinced I was a Satanist for my Naruto wristband. I'm very sympathetic to the idea of goth girls being misunderstood for like obvious reasons. So. That would have so been funny way- because me, who is going to cosplay Sasuke Uchiha, never got. I mean, like, no. And now, as an adult, I'm like, oh, I. Sh-. I mean, listen, I get bullying someone for liking Naruto, but they didn't know what Naruto was. They were just like, that's a satanic symbol, and I'm like, it's the Konoha Leaf Village. Are you people out of your fucking minds? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, so I think that would have been a lot more impactful because that's a person who's like one actually the target of a lot of vitriol and outcastness although i think most most of the time the kids are down with goths these days but at the time in the in the late 80s would have been a very different story um and also like it would have made the whole mom thing like a much more meaningful reveal because i also would have been way more willing to believe that this girl didn't actually do it because yeah the second they were like well maybe there's so Wait, many it's it's like, I, respect, I respect the writer for trying to make this an emotional episode but again you can't make a frankenstein with half a corpse so you cannot make a human centipede um uh, with without any eggs um yeah. <laughs> you know you know that old fable that old aesop uh, oh yeah yeah no i they they told that all the time um oh god i just i'm with i'm with you i the more i thought about this episode the less i was kind of like the less i i I had enjoyed it but then here's the thing this week's episode was so much better and you know why it was so much better because charlie and john were in it more uh well one because charlie was in it more but because zari was one of the main focuses of the episode and even though nora wasn't technically do a lot and Courtney, Tala, and Maisie are the fucking backbone of this goddamn show. This show. So even and so like yeah. the first three episodes of the season have been kind of watery for me because you're not using your fucking spine. Literally, you are leaving it. You have left your best actors at the gas station and gone to get cigarettes and milk. And I hate you. Come back. Get, like get, Phil, get those fucking cigarettes and milk this? and give me some lottery tickets. Phil, like it's so it is truly frustrating because they're the parts of that episode that they briefly went back to charlie and john like here's the thing that infuriates me is those last couple of seconds of the episode when john is going through that door and he's like the woman who wants to kill me is on the other side of that that is that is shot and lit 
scored and acted more like a dramatic horror moment than any of the slasher pastiche stuff. Like right down to the way that shots are, that shots are set up and the way that things are filmed and camera angles for the rest of the episode, there's nothing scary about it. There's no actual dramatic tension or horror. They're not filming it like it's a horror movie. They're not, they're not acting it. They're not lighting it. They're not staging it. They're not, because it's like, a, I understand that it's a TV show with $5, but then they do stuff like that at the end of the episode where I'm like, okay, so we can do this. So why didn't you do it for the other stuff? Like, God damn it. <laughs> and I'm not even saying that it has to be bloody, because here's the thing is, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has about two scenes where there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of horrible things that are happening, but there's not a lot of overt gore. So you can do a really scary slasher movie without gore. So you guys just don't know how to stage your shots. Your shot composition is fucked and your lighting doesn't work. Like it was just, they were like, it's scary. So we're gonna turn all the lights off. The camera's a bit high up. Like it the shot, like it's like it was so fucking dark that I literally couldn't see where the hell anyone was going. But like that's something if you're gonna do that, you have to set up that something's chasing them to start with. So we need a really strong silhouetted shot of the killer. And then you can have the plunge into darkness because, the, like, to go back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's a scene in the woods at night. There's at two characters night. at night. And, and you can't see shit, but you know that Leatherface is fucking out there and he's swinging his stupid chainsaws. He doesn't actually, he gets, like, one person with the chainsaw and that person literally can't use their legs. It's not an efficient murder weapon. <laughs> really really not it looks really stupid which is kind of funny but also kind of horrifying which most of the best horror movies are um but it's a really dark like it's like a it's like an uninterrupted 10 minute sequence where you really can't see what's happening but you got that establishing shot that said something horrible is after them so you know that you're afraid for by what you can't see but when i'm watching all the lights get turned off in this shitty high school set and I'm squinting at the fucking screen. I'm not scared. I'm going, where the hell is everybody? And that is a fundamental difference. And you fucked it up. God. Um, I will say this um, before we, before to we transition to the, next, to the next much better episode. Yes. Please, please um, never stop. Mick, Mick, Mick did fuck. Um, Mick did oh, have gross. unprotected. Gross. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody keeps Speaking coming into Mick, my inbox with that, reasons that, that Mick, Mick would have Mick. Mick is like a year older than Jotaro because Stardust Crusaders is in 1988 and Jotaro was a high school junior at the time or like the equivalent. No, the and Mick I and was... Jotaro are the same age because Mick is a high yeah. school senior in 1989. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted to remind you of that because I'm still haunted by it. Continue. That is haunting. Um, it is really awful. Continue. So here's the thing. Someone has mentioned, and you know who you are, and, um, that, you know, a little bit of concern that Mick, you know, getting Allie pregnant is sort of going to be the way he leaves the show. But I'm kind of like, well, first and foremost, I think if when Dominic Purcell leaves, he's going to fucking fly a blimp over. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, be one of those things where it's like if Kristen Ritter had sex with Mike Coulter, she would have rented the Goodyear blimp to tell everyone about it. Like, exactly. Come on. Exactly. We're going to know also, he's leaving the show because he's going to have like a personal essay level Instagram post. He's going to be so happy. <laughs> um, but it's also one of those things is like, if he did use the wife and kid plot to sort of leave the show, it's the same thing with Arthur Darville, where it's like, I don't love how Rip left, 
But somebody, Arthur Darville, decided, Arthur Darville, that they wanted to fucking leave and that their feelings are more important than my watching of a television show. (laughs) Not fair. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, that was, it was, it was, yeah, it was frustrating. They were able to pin Dominic Purcell down more consistently than they did Arthur Darville. Arthur Darville was free as a bird um much faster but dominic purcell is trapped here it's not it's like it's literally like to me i'm like i don't care whether or not it's mixed out of the show i mean it's just that i don't mm-hmm. care <laughs> like i just i wish i, I could muster I mean... up the energy to give a fuck but it's one of those things where i'm like either this is gonna kick me in the fucking teeth and i'm so tired of dealing with dads right now for tragic backstory reasons like fuck. I'm so Did you tired notice how I didn't I didn't talk about mom stuff at all. I mostly sidestepped it. You're never gonna fucking yeah. catch me. You can't catch me? No. Um yeah, no. Can't hurt me now, fucker. I think I'm almost better at talking about it in this context because this kind of mom trauma was not the kind of mom trauma I had. I had the inverse where mine was severe neglect. And I think that was best exemplified by there were those two Steven Universe episodes that I think were almost back to back or very close, where one of them was like Connie's mom was su- super neglectful and wasn't paying attention to anything she was doing for like over a year. And Connie's like, mm-hmm. I literally learned how to sword fight. I have magic powers now. Where the fuck have you been? And I was like, oh, that hurts. And you were like, yeah, I guess that was really upsetting. And then the next episode was Sadie's mom being like super overbearing and like getting involved and wanting her to be in the talent show and just putting all this pressure on her. And you were like, this is really upsetting to me. And I'm like, I would love if my mom gave a shit about my hobbies. So oh, what every I mean unhappy, is... Every unhappy, fa- every happy family is the same. Every unhappy family. family. Yeah, yeah. So like... Yeah, I, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, et cetera. I, I think that's kind of why I'm more willing to be open about this episode is because like, it, it wasn't my kind of abuse. So I am a little more open to being like, yeah, this was really upsetting or this wasn't done well or because it's, there's a distance there which is kind of nice. Um, um, yeah, and that's all I'm going to say about reading, that. Reading as we're doing this, just reference to this boy is a bottom song from, from Drag Race, which is great. Um, not what I was expecting when I looked back down at the screen. So, okay. Um, that took me a hot second. Uh, a couple years There's off my life. <laughs> it's such a fucking stupid song that I think about it more than I should. That and Gaycation, but Gaycation is a fucking bop. Um, Gaycation is a lot because we play it every year when we drive up to Gloucester. <laughs> I know, because the people in Gloucester, if we played this out, out of your car window while we were driving down the streets of Gloucester, people would start crying out of fear because Massachusetts, Massachusetts is like England in that I think, you know, like, I think if it's a neo-puritanical society. What's the <laughs> What's neo? neo? Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. <laughs> That's the only thing that's changed. If you wear like a, a weird kind of shoe, you will be fed to the dropkick Murphys. Marty Walsh himself will do Marty it. Marty Walsh will do it. <laughs> okay. Fucking Christ. Um, what the hell was I doing? Um I don't fucking but yeah. um, we were talking about Mick. All right, here's yeah, a couple Mick. things. Here's the thing. Y'all know y'all know I'm mixing till I die. Dominic Purcell knows this and he will never be able to escape me. Um First of all, the, the teenage girl, the she's 18, who's playing his daughter, is in Lost in Space with another actress who could literally be Mick and Amaya's teen daughter, where I'm like, ah, yes, Mick's daughters. Where I'm like, you thought you could get in front of this Dominic Purcell? You thought you could run from me? I'll always find you. I, you can't, you think you can run from me? 
You can't kill I an idea. In... You can't. You can't. Do they have thoughts in our butts? I knew I should have read that book. <laughs> it's going to end up being like a three-hour episode. And people are going to listen to it and be like, what the I mean, because you're really tired and I'm kind of tired. So I I mean, and also, I mean, I'll be level. I've missed you. So this is mostly just I've, me. Yeah, exactly. Shit with you. So like, I this is the exact same way. Yeah, um, this, is, this is, yeah. For people who listen to our podcast to be that picture of the girl laughing with an ice cream next to that freezer with all the other people laughing on, on the picture. <laughs> it's a really picture of thinking of. I sound like an insane person describing <laughs> I, I genuinely have no idea what you're talking about. I have to find this photo. Hold on. I Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to look for the photo. Um, It was just, it was kind of shocking to me that Mick was not a good kisser, but it was also not shocking to me at all. And I was also like, first of all, we were supposed to get a shot. We were supposed to get a fucking scene of Teen Coldwave in the high school parking lot deciding not to go to prom. And we fucking didn't like the idea that mick was even anywhere near prom it's such horseshit to me as somebody who had to get like bullied into going to prom my parents were like we're you're going fuck you because i didn't i didn't go to my junior one and i only went to my senior one under duress oh right we probably should have told prom stories too late now um i listen mine really weren't very interesting don't worry about it i looked good for a teenager i had listened to my teenager now and i was like "Mm, i needed i needed this one needs to go back into the oven for a few more years my interesting, this one needs to cook a little longer you, I thought you looked beautiful my interesting prom story isn't even my prom it was I found my dress by bumping into a rack at a thrift store turning around and apologizing to it and then going wait I think it's in my size and I still have it actually because I'm like at some point I'm going to cut it up because it's like the same color as Adora's prom dress from Princess Prom so I'm like we can probably cut that up and turn it into that um, but yeah oh, so that's my shit. interesting story that's all you need for my prom because underage drinking is such a huge problem in the community I am from. You had to drive to the high school and uh, fucking they would take you in a shuttle bus to the hotel and then drive you back. This did not happen for senior prom, but I'm just like. Oh my um, God, I found it. I literally, oh, thank, thank you. God. And it wasn't, it wasn't but a girl. I just have a very hard time believing it's 2004. Leonard Snart is still alive and gay. And he did not somehow have a psychic sense that Mick Rory was somewhere in Central City kissing a woman. Like he wouldn't have been apoplectic. Like, excuse me. <laughs> Kicking in the door. What the fuck is this? Bitch. It's okay. Ba- basically because Mick and Len share one brain cell, his daughter is technically, instead of being 50% Mick, 50% um, Allie. Like 25% Mick, 25% Len, 50% Allie. Yep. One percent other. That's Genghis Khan. Everybody has that. Oh yeah. fuck, Genghis Khan is next week. Oh, I'm already uncomfortable, Legends. I'm already so uncomfortable. Don't worry, everybody. Katie Lots yeah, directed I saw, this I one. Saw, I saw the episode preview and I was like, oh, 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 oh. And I just started having flashbacks to the Japan episode. I mean, and that's the thing. We've been like this. We did this for Vietnam and we did this for uh um the godzilla episode because that first japan episode they had in season two left such a bad taste in our mouth and i just don't i just you can't come back from that when you see when if you turn over and someone sees your under 
It doesn't matter what you do from then on out. They are always going to remember the time they saw your underwear. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, every time they do well, I'm pleasantly surprised and enjoy it. But I never go into anything expecting they're going to do well. I can't. Because it's legend. Guy. Um, I think at this um, point, we've, we've, is there anything else significant we want to bring up about this episode? Not that I can think of. So let's just, oh, fuck. Um, the Jen Bartel Birds of Prey and Puma shoes are dropping tomorrow. Oh, shit, really? Show, yeah. show, show, show. Also, did you see the picture I sent you? I'm going to look now as I send you these shoes. It's in the chat, yeah. <laughs> shit! Literally, I mean, and listen, I, 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 I'm not, I don't want to be sound like I'm making fun of people who do that, because I need you to understand that I also do this. That's oh, literally just the John Bois, when you have a newsroom that is friends with each other, you don't need a family on my newsroom. Yeah, you, you don't need Wiping every single tear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one hurt. Um, I love that these have caution laces, these Birds of Prey shoes. Mm-hmm. They're very much kind of you need, issue to look at what, you, need to, you need to look at something that um, our friend just posted in our group chat because I need your reaction on audio and then we will go into the next oh. episode. Okay. Um, I will say though, yeah, there are definitely shoes where like the devil is in the details. Well, I guess yeah. it's very good. Okay, hold on. Which, uh, which group chat? Oh my god, is it the fucking Guy Fury Axel thing? Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Fuck all of you! He wasn't even my favorite! He's not my- I mean, I still really like him, but he's not my favorite. He murdered my favorite character on screen really violently! They had to censor it in the US, please! Oh, God! Oh, my God! I'm so tired! Yeah, alright, we're gonna take that anyway. We'll see you at part two. We're cutting this for the night because we're tired. Okay. Part two. Okay, part two. Um, gonna take this chance to, instead of, here's the thing, is if you have any interest in a show that sort of does a fun fictional take on history, I cannot recommend enough, instead of watching this episode about the French Revolution, which aside from, like, one conversation with Marie Antoinette treats the French Revolution I I can't even say like an after I it, it just it I it doesn't even it just sort of goes well that was a thing and then walks away from it. Uh, cannot recommend enough the anime Rose of Versailles. Um, also because it has a gender nonconforming protagonist. Uh, Lady Oscar is really cool. Um, art aesthetic is gorgeous. It's eighty shoujo from one of the best in the business. So if you're someone yeah i still need to watch rose of versailles honestly yeah no i have it all on my computer you can totally just i'll just give it to you on a flash drive um totally worth doing um aesthetically it is so much better and prettier than legends i mean to be fair it's like not really a fair competition but um yeah this is one of those things where it's like if you're actually interested in this event and sort of the drama of the french court and the way that that was played out, shoujo anime is a much better venue to sort of see the drama um, fictionalized in a way that's still really engaging and fairly historically accurate. I mean, not. You could also um, watch Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Yes. Which is also a very good movie. Here's the thing. Okay, so now we're on our accurate. double feature. We're doing okay. the um, fourth episode of the fifth season, which we call Dragonesque. 
for filth. Yeah. For filth. Dragon-esque. For filth. Which is and in case you're being in case you're wondering, hey, didn't you just call the last episode references aren't funny? I don't I don't know what the dragon like I don't I know you know what that reference is, but I'm dumb, so I don't know what we're referencing. Oh, okay. So in season five of Drag Race, they all had to make perfumes and do perfume commercials. Okay. And Alaska's was called Red for Phil. Thank you. That makes and more sense. It's it's a it's a pun on the phrase red for filth. Which okay. which should that which is actually sense. relevant to this episode because every time someone on the show tweeted or said in show Yas Queen, they ended up owing the cast of Pose an additional ten thousand dollars. And like I missed out on not hearing that happen, which is good because I think if I had, I would have been like, "Wow, I hate this show, and I'm leaving." So. Here's the thing. I loved this episode because it was such a good, strong Zari episode. Yeah, no, I mean I did I, I did immediately start this start the episode off by recommending another show you should watch. But I will say, because this was the thing that this was the issue I sort of had in the beginning, where I had and you can you can see my hard pivot if you read my live tweet of the episode, where I'm like, I'm so sick and tired of them just using, you know, these really interesting historical figures and events as sort of back like you know of as inconsequential set pieces and they're completely missing the fucking point of history and flattening out all these really fascinating complicated people into these sort of black and white good bad whatever whatever and then Zari and Marie Antoinette had a really nice conversation and then I had to immediately take it back which was kind of annoying but I mean like that was up until that conversation that was the biggest beef I had with how they've been handling it, because it's been a consistent problem in all the episodes so far. They did a really good job with that conversation. I just hope they keep that energy up for the rest of the season. And I have... My hope is little, though, because next episode is the Genghis Khan episode, so we shall fucking see how that goes. No, the next episode is the Genghis Khan episode, directed by Katie Lott, someone in DC TV who has had absolutely no concerns with... (laughs) Any kind oh, of Asian I didn't representation. Realize, I didn't realize there is something I, you know, I, I, I don't want to believe it's deliberately malicious. I don't think anyone on the show is smart enough for that. But there's something kind of not of of like beautiful in 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 the way of that. Like I guess hell would be in that the idea of the woman who took the white canary mantle from an Asian woman who had it in the comics getting to direct the Genghis Khan episode that will most certainly be racist. Um, You know, there's a poetry there. Vogon poetry, but it's still poetry. I mean, here's the thing. I will, I'm willing to forgive Legends for all those yas queens if we give the entire postcast recurrings in season six. Don't have the money, but it would be. I mean, Dominic they would be Purcell, really. Dominic Purcell, like, please, please fire me for this, please. I need you to fire me. I need you to fire me. But like, I just, I they 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 would be too good for the show. But the idea is 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 nice to consider. I think. Um. So it's weird not doing a cold open. I gotta say, because I know this is technically like yeah, the yeah. second part, but I am like, oh wow, we did just launch in. right into it. But it's like, yeah, we did because this is the second part. Um, well, do you want to talk about what's going on with Pokemon Home? Or... 
Like, what is Pokemon Home? What's going on? What did they do? Okay, if you really want to know, I can explain briefly. Pokemon Home is basically... Every time there's a new, like, hardware upgrade, like, console upgrade, they need to figure out a way to transfer your Pokemon over. Because, and I'm about to get slightly complicated here, so bear with me. Um... From Gen 1 to Gen 2, you had the time capsule, which was you could transfer any Pokemon into Gen 2 from the first gen and vice versa, as long as that Pokemon existed, like, in the first generation, aside from a couple of missing no glitches that would take too much time to explain and exploit. Um, You could trade Pokemon to and from and kind of move all your Kanto Mons over to Johto, should you wish. Um, Then from Gen 2 to Gen 3, they notably didn't do that there was just a hard cutoff like you weren't if you had pokemon on crystal like fuck you they weren't going over to sapphire so that was pretty heartbreaking for me as a kid um and then after that i think they kind of realized like oh we should try to keep doing compatibility the fans really like it and we sort of base our entire fucking series around the principle of connecting and developing and forming lifelong friendships with the monsters you catch so they were like huh all right fair enough so from Gen 3 to Gen 4, they created the PAL Park system. Back when it was just the regular DS that had the GBA separate compatibility slot, you could just slot Fire, em- uh, Fire Red, Leaf Green, Emerald, Ruby, or Sapphire into your GBA slot. Not only would you be able to encounter Gengar in this one specific room in the uh, Eterna Mansion, mm-hmm. um, you would also be able to transfer six Pokemon at a time as long as they didn't know any HM moves from Pal- um, from that game over into Pal Park, so you could catch them in your fourth gen game and then have them in your fourth gen game. You could only do this once a fucking day, and if you ever reset your clock for whatever reason, uh, you had to then re-reset it and then wait 24 hours. So Pal Park was a f- fucking nightmare, um, comparatively. I hate it's this so- fucking family. <laughs> fucking family. I mean, it was just such a slow exhausting process and i really don't know why it had to be a 24-hour wait period like maybe there was a heart i don't fucking know anyway um that was then superseded by the pokemon transfer system from gen 4 to gen 5 because um i actually don't know why they had to because you you you, uh, that was when you started being two ds's and thankfully i had like four of them at that point so it was fine but i you would have to put your heart gold soul silver diamond pearl or platinum next to mm-hmm. your ds that had black or white or black two or white two on it and do like go to the poke transfer lab and do a, like a mini game where you had to like fucking shoot bows and arrows that were pokeballs at them to catch them but you could do this it was a little annoying but you could also do it as many times as you wanted in a day so even though it was only six pokemon at a time it, it went by pretty quickly and then we had the complete hardware upgrade of like okay we're switching to the 3ds for x and y now so at that point pokebank was cre- pokemon bank was created that had a separate Poke Transporter system, which was for getting DS era cart mons over to the 3DS system. But that was the first one you had to pay for. I mean, technically, you had to pay for a second DS with Pokemon Transfer. But like the only that was the first one where it's like you had to pay for like server stuff, and that kind of pissed the fan base off. And there was a lot of discourse about that because like it was the first time that Pokemon had ever asked fans to like pay for that sort of thing. And everybody was kind of like, Hey, fuck you guys for this. But, um, 
you know, it, the, that sort of died down and it seems like we were all sort of getting over that. And then Pokemon Home was like, hey, do you want to do you want to do you want to transfer Pokemon from Pokemon Bank, the service that you already paid for? Um, do you want to use more than one box of storage? Do you want to do effectively anything in this app? Fuck you. Pay us $5.99 a month instead of $4.99 a year. Um, and I'm sure people are going to be like, well, that's something, something connected. I don't give a shit. It's so fucking obnoxious and exhausting and unnecessary. They have more money than God. No, they don't need this from me. Like, fuck you. And that wouldn't be, I mean, on top of already not being able to fucking put all of my Pokemon, like, I don't want to, I literally can't put them all in Pokemon Home. So it's not even like I can just have them all sit there and wait it out until we inevitably get a game with all the mons on it again. I can't fucking do that. They literally won't let me. So I'm stuck just keeping half of my mons on my cartridges and then transferring over whoever I can, whoever's available in Pokemon Bank right now and just pushing them through. And then I am inevitably going to have to pay another $5 to do this once the DLC drops because the DLC will give us about 200 more Pokemon. So I will move 200 more or whatever I have of those species over. So it's just like, could you get it together? You get it together, and for some reason, and I truly don't know why this is a thing, um, for whatever fucking reason, sometimes the Pokemon I transferred over wouldn't have their nicknames transferred over. Thankfully, you can rename them if it's just the one time, and it's fine. But it was really weird and didn't make any sense, um, and I truly don't know why the fuck that happened. Um, and then the annoying thing was that I thought I had a shiny Mimikyu on my Ultra Moon file that I had hacked, and I am so goddamn tired. I am so ti- I'm so tired of hatching for shiny Mimikyu. I've hatched 1500 of them at this point and I'm in hell. Um so I was like, you know what? I'll take the L. I'll just transfer this one over. I'll rename it cuz I don't have the two jailbroken 3DSs that I own cuz they're both at Rachel's house. I'm at my house right now and I know what you're thinking. Why are they both at Rachel's house? Cuz my brothers are jerks and take them when I'm not paying attention. So I wanted them at Rachel's house. So so I wasn't able to just force hack the fucking nickname change on the because it was a traded Pokemon. So I was like, whatever, maybe it'll just let me fucking do that again. I think I kind of understand how this works now. Turns out that I didn't. So I transferred over that shiny Mimikyu for nothing. So I'm just gonna have to make another one. And is it the end of the world? No. Is it immensely annoying? Oh my god, it is so fucking annoying. Well, in <sighs> terms of the video games, I'm playing Bayonetta 2, actually, right now. <laughs> and fun. And here's the issue with, here's the thing about Bayonetta 2 is like, I'm not really loving the plot of this one as much as I like the plot of the last one. I don't know what you're thinking. Bayonetta has a plot and like, the plot is that she is a lesbian. Um, But yeah, I mean, the monster designs are still cool and shit, but like she's, she's looking after this, instead of looking after a little child that is essentially herself, spoilers, by the way. She's looking after this little child who is like essentially a Yu-Gi-Oh character, but he's named Loki inexplicably. <laughs> and like, um, he's actually kind of Egyptian looking, but he also has like cornrows of like white hair where I'm like, oh, I don't like oh, no. this. I don't oh, like no. what you've done here. Oh, no, 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 no. And the no, other no. thing about this is that's really pissing me off is that the enemy battles, you have to go like find them. So I'm not getting as high scores on some of the levels because they're like, you missed all these battles. And I'm like, well, where the fuck are they, game? Yeah, fair. That's really annoying. But anyway, I loved this episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow because, and here's the thing, I just want to start with this, which is that like somebody, some reviewer, probably a man, 
uh, mention they're like, well, Zari is sort of her most annoying this episode. And I'm like, this is the best nope. she's been so far. Nobody should be allowed to have opinions on Zari that are negative. If you do, Literally, if you, you guys. do, I want you to go into the woods and I want you to live there and not connect online where I have to see your shit. Because here's here's why this episode is good, even if the French Revolution stuff is kind of garbage. Because yeah. Nora, because Courtney is playing Marie Antoinette and anything Courtney does is fucking delightful. Charlie is driving the John plot time. and Zari is the main plot. And those are their three powerhouses. And when Courtney goes, it's going to kind of suck shit because now you're going to be down to two powerhouses. Like, I'm hoping that Cheon, who plays um, Bayrod, can sort of pick up that slack. But they're not giving him a ton right now. And I, he's not going to be on the show as much as Tala is, which is not Tala's fault and not, you know, anyone's fault but the writers. But I'm just like, this is someone who I think we could lean into a little more that I hope we get to. Actually, before we even go into this episode, I want to mention that someone actually mentioned that next week's episode is really good and that Charlie's plot is kind of the central focus. But then they're like, she has a tension with Bayrod that I think all the fans are going to hate. And I'm like, you're a male reviewer, so I'm guessing they fucking. Where I'm like, well, all's well that ends well. Fuck you guys. I'm like, I'm not even going to comment on that one until, until, I mean, because like, here's the thing. Um... I, I know we talk a lot on this show about age gaps, and Charlie is apparently as old as the beginning of time, and Bayrod is 23, so... <laughs> but also, I'm like, if they can make Charlie and Bayrod hook up, is that Phil's way of telling us, like, yeah, Zarya and Charlie would have hooked up, but they're both women in DC next it? Because that's what it's gonna feel like. Yeah, uh, I... I don't fucking know. But honestly, with um... this show, who knows, who cares? I'm fighting this design. Have you seen the design for the second game for Valor? Because it's really gorgeous. Yes. I mean, I my favorite is still, I think it's Temperance. The one that also kind of looks like a dragon. Uh, yeah. That was my shit. Yeah. Um, absolutely fucking love them. Absolute, I'm thinking, oh no, Absolute Virtue is a whole other kettlefish. Absolute Virtue is really interesting as like a completely unrelated side tangent. But I literally, I think I just described, I described like 10 years worth of transferring Pokemon in like five minutes. So I'm done with long-winded yeah. tangents for a couple minutes. Um, Sorry, Richard oh. is, I haven't actually gotten a chance to take out Richard in a little while. So he's kind of wrapped around my neck and like on my face. And I'm like, yes, I love you. Fine. Um, um, do you want to say? So essentially let's, let's actually maybe, cause like, we didn't really summarize the prom episode, which is not, honestly, first of all, I just realized in calling it the ben the uh, prom episode, Venture Brothers Operation Prom makes this episode look like, you know, like, how dare you even fair. call that yourself not fair. Prom. That is like comparing the high school valedictorian to a kindergartner. That's cheating. That's mean. <laughs> you can't okay. just do <laughs> But who bullies the gay bullies? Um... This episode, we we start with fucking we kind we finally get to see the inside of the communal bathroom, which we they built it, in all of which they built. I'm assuming in all of twenty to thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. Um, and we kind of see the tiny little shower that is on the end of the bathroom, and I'm like, I have some questions about that shower. Um, do you think that it has a detachable head? 
How are people washing their genitals? How many people can fit in the shower at once? Seeing the communal bathroom. I don't want to think about that. Thank you so much. Actually asked more questions than it answered. Which which is not something that you want to hear said about a communal bathroom. But like right off the bat. No, never. It is so cute because it's like, oh, Zari decided, Bayrod decided that he and Zari are friends again. So now Zari is like my little brother, who is a superhero, in case you didn't hear, by the way. And it's very good. And and he's like giving her back her cell phone. Like they very clearly like sort of get back right into that. Like, okay, we're siblings. We understand each other way better than people who aren't our siblings. And that's immediately adorable. And I love that. And then Ava is kind of like, Ava is like, you know what? I'm just going to lean into who I am. I'm going to be a little hard on Zari. And I'm going to... Trying so hard, God bless her. It's just so... I mean, here's the thing. Ava being captain really is just the fucking... Where's Amaya? She left. Where's Jax? He left. (laughs) What about... Yes, you are my fifth and only choice. Yeah. Yeah. What about Gideon? She refused. What about Ray? He's an idiot. Absolute idiot. Yes, you were my fifth and only choice. I mean, I do think it was Sarah like trying to be supportive. Yeah. And like it's fun. I also think it's fun to just I, I assume that part of it was also it's fun to throw her into situations where she's like, Oh, I hate this because that would be why I would do it. So I get yeah. it. Honestly. Um, and it's it is funny. a thing where it's like I think Ava kind of wanted to do it in that way of like, oh, the time bu- we dropped the time bureau really fucking fast. We just gave up on that. Fuck. It has when not even like, been relevant. Remember Taco Mondays and Nate is like, whoa, I worked at the time bureau. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I just had them. I was like, oh my God, we haven't even mentioned the time bureau. It's just gone now. And like, it died. Kind of <laughs> it fucking died. And I mean, like, whatever i guess um honestly given the current state of the government i'm like this actually sounds about right i'll I'll let i'll let you guys (laughs) we let go the leader of the time bureau had to testify in the trial like it is truly one of those things where i'm like no i will give them that one um given the givens but like it was also because right because katie's directing the next episode so i assume she was so they had to start prepping her yeah yeah I yeah I figured which like I mean fair because it was a nice here's the thing is it led to me sitting there at the end of the episode and going oh Zari and Ava are in love now and like yeah here's the thing let me just say this about Zari and Ava being in love all of the legends women are in like all of the legends are in love with each other yeah. and it's a polyamorous relationship obviously but even yeah, more so and even more so and even more importantly one might say all of the legends women and Charlie are in love romantically with each other and they're all dating and so i see people being like oh but i love ava and sarah together and i'm like i'm sorry i didn't realize being a coward was now a prerequisite for fandom like excuse me no like i it really is and i mean maybe this is me being i don't know maybe this is just me as a person because i know there were always there's always been fucking ship wars i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like there weren't but i am like did do none of you multi-ship at at all do none of you have an interest in multi-shipping? Like, it's totally a thing, guys. You can, you can just, you can just have more than one ship for a character, and like, it's fine. I don't get it. Nobody's gonna knock down your door. 
and no one's gonna fucking break in and be like you don't like you don't like queer women enough if you're not shipping the canon queer ship and i'm like i mean like i am but like like okay fuck you had a more just, more tangible take on whose girlfriends are also kendra and uh they're also have like eight girlfriends so like whatever you know just fucking lean into it like when i said oh um when i said that kendra and ava were going to make a baby what did you think i meant (laughs) (laughs) i mean i get actually somebody sent me something because we we yeah please go ahead out completely you cut out completely. Want to run that by oh, me again? Yes. I said, um, you were about to say something about multi-shipping, maybe? Oh my god, did the whole goddamn thing cut out? Yeah. I was mostly just like, listen, I should probably have a hot take. Like, I just, multi-shipping is good. People who cannot just be like, well, I think there, there's like three ships I have at all now where I'm like, no, this is the only person they're dating. And then even then, I'm like, well, here's some fun headcanons about it. What if they were dating someone else? But also this person. Because, I- you know... <laughs> still gotta hang on to that but like i just maybe it's because i'm old now and in my old age i've gotten more flexible but like i'm just like whatever everyone's in love yeah that's i uh, i'm like don't i'm like it's okay everybody they're all in love that's why even with like mick having a daughter i'm like really sad amaya isn't there because she would be so like happy for him and like be so helpful and then i just but so the girl who is probably playing sanders isn't gonna make mix and leo right that's okay because elizabeth warren's winning the presidency (laughs) i spoke to someone i spoke to someone on the warren campaign who says that elizabeth warren will demand that mick is both a dad and a daddy um that's fine bernie (laughs) sanders won nevada with 55 percent of the vote so unfortunately mixon will no longer be canon thank you so much for your understanding in this difficult time um son of a bitch all right that's fine all it means is that now i can go to the doctor and i won't have to kill myself when i don't have insurance after my 26th birthday yeah Uh, but what about mixon what about about what i need what (laughs) um you didn't think about that you only think about yourself you never think you only think about yourself um (laughs) (laughs) you never think about what about my age gap ship being canon you only think about stupid things like health insurance Anyway, so the girl who plays his daughter is on a show called Lost in Space, where she plays um, sisters with a girl who literally looks like she could be the Mixon baby. And then someone was like, I've actually thought of her a lot as Charlie and Zari's baby with some future sci-fi time stuff. And I'm like, no future sci-fi stuff needed. Charlie is literally trans. Yeah, that's not, that's one of those things where, and like, hold on, hold up, because this is one of those things that always baffles me whenever I see people doing like, weird workarounds of the system to have characters just like who who present as the same gender like have children I'm just like one of them could just people be trans, are trans like, Steven. people are trans i will say it is so much better now than it was even like five or six years ago and i have been in fandom for long enough i'm like listen i remember yeah. the empreg babies like i remember i rem- it used to be bad like we have very much culturally gotten a little bit better about being like no, I think they're just, I think yep, they're just, trans. I think one of them is trans. But you still have some people who have not, unfortunately, gotten the memo. So, you know, they love you. We're, we're like, um, the, the person in the interview mentions that Allie, the mom of mixed child, like really just kind of goes for emotionally cut off men, where it's like, you mean like Nate? 
You mean like how this oh, is literally Jesus. just the Steel Wave baby, Phil? We knew I Nate was trans the whole time. Interested, I would be interested to see if they're like if they're gonna you know really if it's gonna be kind of one of those things where they just say this is gonna be like the team's collective baby and Ali is kind of not gonna be relevant. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean is it, mm-hmm. it, it like is it gonna be a thing where they're just like we're gonna give the team a baby and she's not gonna be as involved? Um, if this is gonna be more like Mick raising a baby with the legends, but like either way, like you know, I'm I'm I I accept chaos. I'm allowing. The, it to well, happen. the best thing the best thing about this episode was really just that Ray and Nora said "I love you" to each other, and so Mick and John had to be as dramatic as fucking. Like, here's the thing: yeah. we know for a fact that Mick isn't stupid. Mick has shown us many times that he's smart. So when he's like, um, I think you have a crush, really? and Mick is like, is that when it hurts when you pee? Like, he knows it isn't. He's just being smart to give Ray a hard a time. Yeah. But the fact that Ray is talking to Nora and he's like, I love you. And Nora's like, wow, I love you too. And Mick is like, hang up the phone. And I'm like, hang Adam Wave. Goddamn phone. Adam Wave this late in the game, Philip. You shouldn't have. It's been a long time, but it's good to see you again, my old friend, Adam Wave, Adam Wave. <laughs> Adam Wave, Adam Wave. Um, this, I have if now this is, somehow... If this is our last Adam Wave, so be it. We go out on a high note. Um, There was also something... Here's the thing. I actually... I know we've mentioned before that we were a little annoyed by Nate and Zari this season previously, but they're actually kind of starting yeah. to hit a stride that, like, for example, this week... um. Nate actually just spent a lot of time just kind of like really fondly looking at her like he wasn't the focus this week and I like Nick and I think he's very talented but he makes a lot of really smart choices as an actor when he isn't the focus and you go back and you realize that he's like you know kind of like looking cutely at Zari the entire time and that's sort of where his focus is that like good he's good at doing things in the background in terms of like even if he's not the Mm -hmm. person that's sort of the direct focus of the scene he's good at sort of keeping himself busy I guess is the best way to put it you have good moments like that where it's like he's not just standing around waiting for his line like he's like doing shit with his face and his facial expressions and so on and so forth and that's cool I'll take it and and it's also like you know when she leans in and she's like flirting with him over that donut where I, when she's like I haven't had a donut in five years and I'm like my God somebody help this woman. I mean that is that is one of those things where I'm always like oh God why is it here's the thing is I want to actually think that line made mm-hmm. me think of something where I'm this is something I've been kind of tussling with in my head is as much as the. The way that they do this, they are trying to cram so many different kinds of celebrity into one because that sort of dieting talk really reminds me of the early to mid 2000s kind of sort of. She's supposed to be both Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. That too. But I was also thinking like in terms of um, I was also thinking of it in terms of how the fuck do I explain this? Hold on. Um. That and the perfume. The fact that the whole subplot revolves around yeah. perfume is I'm like, I don't really associate the Kardashians with perfume because I know that's what they're calling, you know, that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. That was really like a, a fucking, I think Britney, like every single pop Britney star. Britney Spears is the perfume album. mogul. She's the one with the most popular celebrity perfume of all time. 
and celebrity um, fragrances are a thing but not for this kind of celebrity like they have like you like you have like the lip kits and shit like that yeah but i i'm like honestly all i think of the, all they really hawk is like detox teas and shit now like yeah boring but i did think it was not even bad but just kind of interesting that they were like trying to sort of tackle every single aspect of celebrity culture as it's been for the past like couple of decades at once which is also kind of interesting because now that she's friends with ava and she's wearing those plant those plaid clothes you can just sort of feel them be like oh that's over now sorry sorry <laughs> having that part of the plot that's different yeah now. yeah yeah no it's not a, it's not like a critique but it is kind of yeah. interesting um i mean one also- of the things is that i also have to think about how this is something I've been thinking about where people are like, well, I don't think you're going to like Zari 2.0 or, oh, she's like the Kardashians. A few things. Number one, Zari is the person who makes the France mission go correctly. She's the one who like calls out Ava. First of all, her being like, Ava, you look really desperate. It's not cute. Where I'm like, you don't have any fucking social skills either, do you? Um, where it's like, oh, she's like the car, like we're supposed to hate her because she is famous. But the reason people don't like the Kardashians is because they are constantly appropriating um, black culture and being really nasty about it. And also because they are disgustingly wealthy in such ostentatious and ugly ways that I'm like, that plus the racism is like, you people are just vile. Like, no one should have this much money and no one should be this racist. Fuck you. And if that's not the reason- and it's a real shame because there are two of the main executive producers on this show are women, but there's a real sort of lack of understanding that just kind of goes along with why people don't like the Kardashians. Like, no, it's not because they're women. It's not because they're rich. It's because of how they use their money. It's because of how they... It's definitely because they're rich. It is absolutely well, yeah. because they're rich. At it's least in my they're case. Rich, but yeah, but you know what I mean. Like the but way that they Zari, express the their is, richness. Like, Zari is, we know, hold on. Like Zari, we know is like a wealthy celebrity, but yeah. also like it's not in a way where it's like we don't see Zari with like we don't see Zari throwing like a two million dollar birthday party for their for her like one year old baby or any shit like that. Like it's not we know she built a brand and a business, and it's all abstract enough that I don't have to call Zari a class trader. Um yep. So it's fine, but in the context of like real people wealth, there is absolutely me standing there going, fucking do something. Like, so it's, I can hate the real Kardashians for being wealthy, but it's not like I expect Zari, a fictional character, to have donate her fictional money to solve. I mean, yeah, because that's the other thing is that, like, we saw last season that Ray was still technically, like, in charge of Palmer Tech, which means he still technically has, like, billions of dollars. And we don't, we're not supposed to hate him. Yeah, it literally doesn't fucking matter because no one's paying attention. Um, But no, Um, that's the thing. Like, the whole women thing, like, maybe, like, really stupid people hate them because they're women. But generally speaking, most nuanced critique of them at this point is absolutely more like, uh, they're low-key doing like brown face yeah i actually think one of the things is that i was wondering if they were going to comment on the fact that tala actually is a woman of color um versus the kardashians but they haven't and i'm kind of like you know what let's call that one dodging a bullet boys let's call that one I cannot stress this enough. Every time, every time I ever read a thing and I go, wait, why are they talking about race? And then they do and I go, 
Oh, that's Uh-oh. why. Oh, spaghettios. So, so, you know what? I was like, wow, we have absolutely dodged a bullet. Where it's like, I trust Tala to talk about her experiences. And I think mm-hmm. if she was allowed to sort of be in charge of that, she would do a great job. However, um, I don't, <laughs> However, I don't trust. And then I, just... I trust Tala to have an opinion on that, obviously. I don't trust yeah. the show to have an opinion on that or try to write an opinion for Zari on that. Are we going to talk about the fact that her boyfriend is a mascot character or was a mascot character? Not Okay, so here's the thing specifically, and I only know this because I work with children. So I sort of background radiation have absorbed some Fortnite and I don't like it either. But that's like apparently some famous rapper. There's a famous rapper guy called Marshmallow, but like without the W at the end. And he was in Fortnite. Um, oh, so I think they that's, did that's what? why I made that incredibly angry tweet where I'm like, I, I swear to fucking God, if any of these fucking assholes floss, I'm getting in my car, I'm driving to Vancouver, and I'm I'm coming with a fucking samurai sword. Fuck you, people! I hate you so much. <laughs> I was really fucking worried. Um, the Sonic you get movie stopped at the border. They're like, "Why do you have a samurai sword?" You're like, "I've got it." Fucking kill Phil Clemmer for making a Fortnite reference. It's an open border. It's fine. Um, this is not an open border. No, we have an open border with Canada. Don't we? No, we do. We do not have an open border with Canada. They have to check your passport and sometimes your car. Oh fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well then, whatever. Then I just if I drive really fast and they can't catch me. Listen, I don't. It's admittedly not my best thought out plan, <laughs> but it comes from it comes from the heart. Um, <laughs> also. The- if I just use it to nail my grievances like Martin Luther and the 95 Theses to the fucking door of the set, does that does is that an acceptable use of a samurai sword? Can I have can I have my sword? Um I need this. Listen, I need I this need, sword. I, I need this fucking sword. You don't understand. Um I just I just stop I bothering so me. Much. Give me the sword. Like, how much money did you spend on that mascot head that could have been spent on literally anything else? okay here's my favorite thing about here's my favorite thing first of all the fact that his name was dj s'more money that was very good i found that the guy they're ripping off is marshmallow so fair i mean i guess i guess i guess they got a clever thing by ripping off something but still yeah but i love that apparently it was tala's idea but i love that nate just punched him apropos of nothing Oh yeah, just just to go for I love it. That like that's the thing. Literally, like, just like you know what I like about rich marshmallows, nothing. Yeah, like it's that thing where it's like I can't even. I'm not even like oh that's such a di-. like I'm like no that's just really funny because even though I don't really care about Nate and Zarya as a ship, it's very easy to just be like Nate would just punch a, a mascot character, no questions asked, after the disaster <laughs> that was Hate World, and I think that's fair. Growth. Um, <laughs> I'm totally down for it. I mean, I just. Here's the thing about Courtney playing in the in the sort of talk. Phil was like, you know, were we going to go out and get a new actress, a new actress, or we're going to use this great actress that we already had? And I'm like, were we going to go out and spend money, or we were we going to? I'm sorry, we spent all our money on the fucking s'more head, so we just have to reuse Courtney Ford and hope no one notices. I hate you people so much. Well, here's the thing. Some people are saying that for the script for the last episode of the season, you can see her name through the front page, which I don't know how anybody sees anything. I had to turn on my flashlight in the restaurant to look at the menu today. I can't see shit. What the hell kind of restaurant were you in? Okay, have you ever been in Pie Boat Noodle? Oh, I don't think so. Okay, well, it's very delightful, but it's kind of dark in there. 
Well, I guess we'll have to go, but also, Jesus Christ. And so I did have to turn the light on, um, on my phone, because I'm 1,000 years old, and what is this? But I honestly actually kind of love her as Marie Antoinette. One, because here's the thing. That French accent was, like, bad and it was fake. But it was so beautifully yeah, no, bad and bad fake. It was so beautifully bad on at bad and fake that it could be nothing else other than la art. Lart. thing where it's like, honestly, if you know you're not going to be able to do the accent, you might as well lean into it and make it silly. Um, that is totally one of those things where it's like, I'm fine with that. And two, I am so inuguated to, to shitty French accents because of how much Dragon Age I played. So I was just like, oh, this is just yeah. Wicked. So they like, did an episode of Teen Wolf where. Um, Allison, the actress, Crystal Reed, plays like a flashback, like an old, like ye old Allison, the hunter of whatever, who is the sister of the person who turns out to be the villain. And the reason that he doesn't kill Scott at the end of the season is because he's always thinking about Allison. And he's like, oh, he's always thinking about my sister. That's weird. I guess I should spare him because he's probably a good person then. Um, which I just, but the accent Crystal Reed does, and you know I love Crystal Reed, was just... Because she was actually trying and it was just bad, which is always so much worse. But I feel like this Marie Antoinette thing is kind of a good way that we might be able to see Courtney come in and out a little more. That might afford her a little wiggle room that I'm kind of like, good, 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 good. Marie Antoinette, keep her. It would be interesting to see if they, you know, if they go, well, Nora's gone, but we're just going to bring Courtney Ford back. Like, I don't. Why do you keep doing this? Who fucking knows? I don't want to get my hopes up because, like, I actually I think yeah. she's a fantastic actress, and I want to see her. I want yeah. I want her to stay in the show. If I had to pick between her and Brandon, it would be Courtney immediately. Oh yeah, wouldn't no, even hesitate. I don't, no, I don't has not even a not even a second's hesitation because Ray Ray is cute, but he doesn't. The way Ray that is Paola good, but again, and Courtney and Maisie carry this show just by being talented. And the way that they convey, you know, even the littlest bit of pathos and the way they just command scenes and are always so interesting, even when they're not the focus, is just something that not a lot of other characters on the show. I mean, and I love this show and I love these characters. They are undeniably like the they're they are amazing. And it is that thing where it's also like. I love Brandon and I love Ray and this isn't to say that Brandon's a bad actor. It's just that at this point it's been five seasons and Ray's been the main character for a decent chunk of five seasons or one of the main characters. So it's like, I've seen pretty much every Ray plot line you could possibly give me at this point, but like I have barely gotten to know Nora and would like to know more. So gimme. I think that sort of factors in too, even just, you know, also the fact that she's an amazing actress. I am also just like, you know, if it came down to it, it's like, we already got all the Ray stories we need. It's it's fine. I was there. I was the story. Yeah. Like it it would be this, you know, it's definitely like, you know, if it came down to it, I would love to see her come back somehow, especially because it's like, if he allegedly goes to do an alleged Superman spinoff, allegedly, um, she doesn't necessarily have to be there for that as much as it would be fun to have her be like the lowest lane um if she wasn't she could still be free to be on legends so so i'm just saying maybe if we didn't spend maybe if we didn't spend all of our budgetary money on cgiing her head off i'm fucking where i'm like hey did you actually cgi her head off or did you just cut a hole in the desk be honest you gotta tell me be i mean here's the thing is i'm okay if you if you cut a hole in the desk that's fine. Like you, you make do with what you got, man. We we don't have time for this shit. 
but also, um, God I damn mean, there it. were some real high points. Like, the fact that they managed to give Marie Antoinette's body a gun was so good. Oh, I'm actually genuinely. I'm just I mean, thinking about have... Ava and Zari oh. saying, Do you trust me to each other? And I'm like, what is the non-romantic explanation for this then, atheists? What is the non-romantic explanation that you people yeah, have? Like, I mean, that is literally like they do that exact shit in Aladdin for Aladdin and Face Jasmine. Me. Like, come on. Face me in your cowardice. It's very sweet. It's very good. Um But I will say, like, this episode, oh right, because we already kind of talked about a couple of things I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the other episode, which was one of them, like, oh, the masks in this were really, really good. And I did, I yeah. think, sort of talk about John and Natalie and you like this whole thing. But I'm gonna briefly, briefly only talk a little about bit, it, so and let's I like really... it, merits, it merits a little more detail than I gave it. So if you yes. want to start talking about the Charlie and John aspects of the episode, I'm good. I would love to talk about it because here's the thing: is this episode essentially needed to bridge the gap between old and new Zari, where like she needed to be on the wave rider and she needed to be an active member of the team. And now that she is, um, it's also kind of like, okay, let's get Charlie in here um, so that Charlie's plot can start. And it's very interesting to me because it seemed that in the, in the notes for the original prom episode, um, it seemed like they were going to make it like Charlie doesn't know who she is. But now it's clear she does and she's just hiding. And interestingly enough, the person that Astra went to with the um, key, if you look at that thing that was found of them in the dress, that's the second fate. Not the one who cuts the thread or starts it, the one in the middle. Clotho? Um, no, Charlie's Clotho. Okay. It seems. Because the other one is... Um, Measures. I was going to call the measures, right? Yes, she's Lachesis, is the one who killed John. And the new girl is Atropos, which means that Charlie must be... Clotho. Clotho. And oh. I, I also love that baby John and baby Rip look essentially the same. There is only one kind of British child. Yeah. Here it is. Oh. I blame Rip Hunter for this personally, somehow. Also, yeah. I wanted to start talking about John and... Oh, yeah, I was just thinking about how Zari had that flashback related to the donut. And I'm like, listen, if you've ever had a really good meal, you will understand this fucking feel. Food is actually one yeah. of our biggest, like, food, because of smell and taste, is literally a more, denotes more memory stuff yeah. than even, like, sight. Yes, no, smell is one of our most potent sort of ways to access our memories. Um... So, Which yeah, I think is really fascinating because as mammals, like we have the shittiest sense of smell out of like most mammals. We yeah. are one of the few, we're one of a vanishingly rare species that uses non-smell as a main sort of navigational sense, which I always find really fascinating. Um, I know that sounds like a really wonky way of putting it, but I also really, I'm, I, I'm really hungry. So my brain is kind of out to lunch, um, but we're in the middle of recording. So we'll eat after we're recording. But you know. Okay. Um, uh, fuck. All right. Right. Okay. So John and Charlie, the, the thing about the masks are really cool and I'm really mad about mm -hmm. it. Um, oh, right. Which I already mentioned. I, 
Well, it's just because I remember how I said, are we going to age gap John and Astra? And then it's like, oh, you fucked her mom? Because now I'm like, oh, that's why you seeing her as an adult fucked you up so bad. Because she looks like her mom, who you fucked. Yeah. In more ways than yeah. one. Yeah. Um... Okay, all of this is all of all of these questions and more will be answered uh never. Um I mean it is one of those things where I do think it's interesting because it is kind of like huh. But fundamentally the reason yeah, that I really I'm, I'm so it, glad you and I both had the thought which was hmm noted. Huh. Which was literally just Miranda Cosgrove noted. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But it is it is something where, you know, I sort of looked at it and I was like, okay, um, I think fundamentally the thing I really appreciated about this episode and its take on mm-hmm. John is that it is so willing to this show more than any other work of media featuring John Constantine is willing to be like, you are a piece of shit, dipshit moron asshole and you need to get better and you need to stop being a piece of shit dipshit moron asshole and we are going to hold your feet to the fire and we are going to make you confront all your mistakes and all the dumb fucked up stupid asshole things you do and the ways that you get so many fucking women who come into even the most basic of contact with you killed and you are going to improve from it and you are going to grow and you are going to be a better person even if we have to drag you kicking and screaming into doing it and like I love that because that is something that like no other piece of work featuring him has been willing to do every single hellblazer comic i can think of and i've mentioned this before they all sort of revolve around all of these female bodies that john has in some way destroyed or mutilated or female lives he's ruined just by virtue of being not even on purpose not maliciously but just Mm -hmm. that women being used as sort of fridge material in every single fucking hellblazer comic so it is so fucking nice for this show to be like no he is gonna improve he is gonna stop getting women fucking killed he is gonna be a woke king if we have to fucking kill him to get him there and i am all for it and it's genuinely something that i think the show does better than any other piece of media involving him which is good because this is a show where at this point a lot of the big names of that, like, there's not really a lot of, like, big names that are, like, established comic book characters floating around anymore. Everybody's kind of, like, a redeemed C-lister or, like, an OC, which is fine and I'm totally mm-hmm. cool with. And I actually usually appreciate it. It gives you a level of flexibility you wouldn't have with, like, Batman. But um, out of all of those, Constantine is arguably the one with the most name recognition. Yeah. So I super appreciate that they're, like, trying to make meaningful changes to their interpretation of his character in a really good way. Love it. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I know we mentioned how one of the big problems with the prom episode is it's like, you guys are very aware of certain things about masculinity that you really dropped the ball on here. But with John, especially given that they're on the CW, especially given that Oliver Queen just fucking died and is in hell... It's a very conscious choice that the show makes to be like, no, actually, like, you have to own up for what you did. Like, you know, especially for him to say with Natalie, like, I brought you back to life because I wanted you to see that I was right for picking magic. And then you would love me and everyone would be like, yeah, John's the best. Not even just I did it because I loved you, but because I wanted to basically tell you to fuck off that I was totally right to indulge in self-destructive behavior. 
it was a really, I can forgive them because I don't really, I mean, for personal reasons and also just because I think it's a lazy crutch storytelling wise, I fucking hate like magic as addiction plot lines. Mm -hmm. I think they're really boring. I think they suck. And I think they also, when they're not boring and sucky can be like, make me feel like garbage. And I don't like, I don't like them. So for you to do something I really don't like, but also like make it really fucking meaningful make it count the way that it did i was impressed and i'm willing to kind of be like okay you know what fine i'll let you have the magic as addiction thing because you have john sort of behaving in these very realistically shitty ways and then like trying to improve and having to admit that it was really shitty and that he does Mm -hmm. need to improve and then he has to admit that he was wrong i mean there's this one scene where he says like natalie took her own life right here but they sort of say it and like it and it's it's very like horrifying but it's also done in a way where it wasn't like they did not show her doing that which i was really really, nice. really appreciative of yeah no that's one of those big things where i'm like genuinely really glad especially because they already did that bullshit with rip where i was yeah. like that was pretty close to an on-screen suicide and was like really upsetting and terrible so it's like thanks for not fucking me on that I mean, I know the bar is ridiculously low, but thank thank you? Well, because now we're also sort of seeing, like, because we know this stuff about Natalie, that she's, like, she was a punk woman and she and John were in a terrible band together. And then you think about how he looks at Charlie, you're like, Charlie? oh, also oh. interesting. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. And, like, do you think Charlie's noticed yet? I just, here's the thing about Charlie. She's an idiot and I love her for it, but I don't know if she's aware of things or how they work. And I love that Maisie went from playing Amaya, who was literally the smartest person on this fucking show, to Charlie, who's like, I've never had a thought and I don't plan to fucking start. All that for her. How dare you imply, like if you don't think. I mean, I guess I'd have to say my favorite thing about John Constantine this episode is that Ray and Nora said, I love you. And John said, I'm going to fucking kill myself. (laughs) Really? I'm going to die. Let's see who he loves now. Let's see who he loves more now. Where I'm like, we know he's not dead because Matt Ryan has been in every single person's behind the scenes photos this entire season. And also earlier, Phil Klemmer had said he's like, we would really love for John to have focus in season six as well. There's always so much to do with him. I do think it's interesting that at this point they've decided that magic is going to be their niche and working with it. And I do, and I mean that like unsarcastically because like I personally just tend to prefer fantasy over sci-fi. Not that I don't love sci-fi, but like, yeah, you know, it's that thing. So I'm like, I'm cool with that. If you guys want to keep doing like weird fantasy shit with your time travel. Because it is sort of a venue that, like, we don't really ever see sort of, like, you know, time travel is assumed to be inherently, like, sci-fi in its nature. Yep. And so, I'm down with it. Let's keep doing it. I'm as the kids, oh, yeah. as the kids would say, <laughs> down to clown. Yeah, no, sounds great. Um, I mean, the other thing that's very interesting is, so we know, actually, something that Maisie talked about in an interview is that Charlie has essentially been on the run from this thing for a while. Um, But it's also one of those things where it's like, she is going to get at ends with the legends because John's going to want to use this to save Astra, but then everybody's going to, you know, it's essentially another spear of destiny plotline, 
but hopefully better this time because yeah. Mark Guggenheim isn't writing it. Hillel's like, I know we fucked it up He's... real bad the last time, but uh, this time's going to be better, I fucking promise. And I'm going to be like, how is it different? It would literally have to be. <laughs> My plotline uses dice. Fuck you, so it's just like dual monsters. You cut out, so I didn't hear you at first, but then, and I only heard a snippet of my plot uses dice, and I, I really hate that that's enough for me to be like, oh, I know what we're doing, I know that, I, I, I understand that <laughs> I understand. reference. Oh god, I knew you were going to make the forbidden reference to references. <laughs> I'm, yeah, we gotta, alright, we gotta stop, we're gonna get stuck in, like, loop hell. <laughs> we're, um, gonna get, we're gonna fucking, and it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I wonder who's gonna want what? Like, cause Zari is Zari going to remember who she is and nobody else is? Is she's gonna is she gonna want to sort of have her cake and eat it too? Um, is Nate gonna somehow stick his dick in it? That usually seems to be where his plot goes. Um, yeah, and like God love and keep him for it. Honestly, I mean, is Mick going to want to have both been on the Legends and been present for his child at the same time? It's one of those things where it seems like it's going to be one of those things where everybody wants like two things to occur at the same time. And Charlie's going to be like, hey, that's not how this fucking works. That's not how anything fucking works. And I'm also really interested yes. because we know how powerful of an actress Maisie is to see Charlie like experience this. I think what's going to be like a real feeling of betrayal from these people where she's like, well, I left one family that was already being a piece of shit about this loom. I'm like, you guys were supposed to be a better family, but you're just as bad as the family I left. Which I can imagine, like, as someone, that just could would feel like the ultimate betrayal. Damn it. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things Richard, where it's like, no, I'm so, I, Sorry, he, he was in a pot. He, he started fucking going into a spandex world bag. Damn it. It's one of those things where it's almost like I don't even want to speculate because I am so tired of speculating because every time I say, hey, maybe the shell will do that, out of spite, they do the exact opposite, How even does... if it is the most batshit thing they could have possibly fucking done. You're so I'm just like, whatever. Correct. I accept chaos. Fuck you guys. I accept chaos really should be. I mean, that's that's the motto every time we go in. It's what's going to happen. It's where we know we're going to end up. But it's the thing where it's like, that would be really interesting, but it is also something where I'm kind of like, I wonder, you know, it's also like, at this point, we've already sort of, no one really has, there's not really anyone who's dead at this point that anyone would really want to bring back that I can think of, like, immediately. Because, uh, like, we've already established that, like, Laurel, like, Laurel's fine, so it's like, there's Len, but they, they're not, Wentworth is screening their calls. So I don't think it's going to be. So it's like, why do you need. Len, when Wentworth is screening their calls. Yeah. So fundamentally, it's like, no, he's not going to. No, I don't. I don't know what they're planning Nate's to do. Nate's dad, um, when there's no way we can afford that actor anymore. We cannot do that. And also, like, Nate wouldn't want his dad to come back. And good and for also, him. Like, and also, like, fuck Nate's dad. Who gives a shit? Fuck you, man. Fundamentally. So it is a thing where I'm kind of like. I'm fascinated from this on about this from just like a mythological, like I just a really cool, fun direction for them to go in. But I am also like, how are we? Yeah. What is, what is the team's? I think it's going to be, I mean, my hope is that their motivation is less. We want this for our own ends, but just like, if we fix this, will Charlie come hang out with us again? We, we missed her so fucking much. And I'm cool with that. Um, I, I'm, it might be interesting if it's just, like, the team getting in way over their fucking heads, because, like, this is not really, like, 
this is or but the loom like, could don't end up Yes. That like, or the worry. loom is gonna end up being the way to like fix the whole situation with the encores or whatever. Well, I'm sure that's gonna be part of it. Yeah, so that's what they're gonna I, I don't who fucking knows. Um I've been trying to jump through this portal for 30 minutes. I mean not not yet, but I'm like, how do I get high enough to jump through? Oh, I have to use my fucking magic water snake form. Fuck, how do I how do I do the snake form? Oh shit. Hold on. Oh, I'm supposed to use my fucking water snake form that I forgot I had. I'm so stupid. You're not stupid. Say that about yourself. That's not fair. Snake within. How do I trigger it, Wiki? How do I make it work? Fuck's sake, Wiki. Okay, to exit Snake Within. Okay, no, no, no. I don't want to exit it. I want to enter Snake Within. I hate this one. <laughs> Show me the snakes. Okay. If I just had a fucking... I don't... Okay. Animal Within. Crow Within. Bat within. Snake within. How do I double tap ZR underwater? Okay. Got it. No. It's not letting me snake out. And I wish I was fucking dead. Oh, nope. There I am. Okay. I did it. Congrats. God, that was fucking challenging. That that sounded <laughs> agonizing. I just feel like Zari 2.0 would really like Bayonetta. For straight reasons, yeah. obviously. Yeah, no, fair. Um... What the for fuck? complete so, yeah, and normal I mean, for normal heterosexual reasons, weirdos yeah, as it always is. Important question is, what else do we have to talk about? Did we miss anything? I think we actually have managed to cover Zara and Bayrod's moment at the end of the episode. Like, was really sweet and cute, and I love that. Well, it's it was one of those good... things where, like, I don't understand why anybody has ever expressed any concern at Zari two when, like, literally. The second she, like, first of all, the team came after her. Oh, yeah, here's something I wanted to talk about, which is that everybody is really mad at her for stealing the perfume, but then they come after her and then nobody cares and it's not mentioned again. Like, she's the one who apologizes for it, but it doesn't seem like they were going to make her apologize. They literally don't. And I mean, to be fair... I never should have brought her on. I'm so sorry. And then the next scene where she's apologizing to him, he's like, oh, I was just going to ask if you wanted a donut. Like, where I'm like, honestly, fair, because I think them giving her a hard time about it kind of would have been stupid. I think it's also one of those things, admittedly, where I'm almost kind of like, I don't, I think they kind of realized it didn't really matter if they were going to make it like a big fucking to do. Because who gives a shit? And I mean, I I respect the fuck out of them just going, whatever, who gives a shit about their own line? Like, during the episode. And, like, you know what? Fair enough, I guess. Um, what baby? What? Yeah, it really was the what baby of plot lines on this this episode. And that's really, I mean, you have so many what babies to choose from. But this was a good one. Um, also, Marie Antoinette is still here. Can we afford the green screen yeah. technology to have Courtney Ford in two scenes at once? Oh, Richard, stop trying to go into that back. <laughs> you don't belong in there. He is dedicated um, to getting back that. into that fucking bag. No. And he always ends up wrapped in my headphones, like, immediately. Like, it's his job. He's a very stupid boy. You have to be kind. Stop trying to get into that fucking spandex world bag, you little butt. I have too many Pokemon. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> well, you like, have all I, of them. 
I have all of them, it's like called, multiple times. Gotta over. catch them. It's gotta ca catch them all. Not you know, just find fucking. Yeah, not... but like I just mean it. Also, I mean, I'm like I've maybe never I can... once completed the Pokedex, nor do I really plan to. But you know, for you, it's gotta catch them. Yeah. All. To be fair, and I will give you this because, like, you know, no judgment. It is one of those things where it's like I didn't until I I I only was able to do it because I had no friends who played Pokemon and ever so i was always like okay i can't fucking trade with myself and i was like too little so like i only started seriously trying to do it um around soul silver but now at this point it's just like a matter of like of course i'm of course i'm clean completing the pokedex you, you know but i also have too many pokemon and it's really hard to pick one that because i i just transferred a bunch over onto my game and now it's like i don't know who i want to use because i have a, a decent chunk of them not everybody because you know, but like I got, I got a lot of my friends, and I don't know who I want to use, and I have so many, and I didn't organize them. Here. them oh no, Dynamo! Shit, I have to go fix Dynamo's name. All I right, I gotta go into the gates of hell to get my wife. You know the drill. I'm kind of wondering why yeah. Zari and Charlie haven't interacted yet. I'm wondering if they're planning anything for it, but I also don't want to assume because I will, of course, be let down, as I always am. Oh yeah. I but, mean, with the show, it is always fundamentally and forever. I expect nothing, and I'm still let I'm down. Still let down. Um, like, just... that's just that's just the show. Um, and that, I'm okay with that. You know, you you make your peace with it eventually. I think, and you go, yeah, this is fine. This is the this is this is this is my life now. Um, my anxiety is, of course, sky fucking high for the Genghis Khan episode. So I'm kind of hoping oh that that's not really the focus. And that it's more yeah. just about Charlie and her plot, which is what seems to be what's yeah, going to so happen. This is, this is even though I just bitched at them for treating all the historical figures like set dressing. I'm like, no, this time you can though. We can just no, this one we didn't mean this one though. This one's totally it, it, fine. It, this this one's totally fine. It is. I hope to God it is the Gorilla Grodd and Obama thing, where it's like, wait, wait, the Obama was in an episode, and <laughs> and you don't remember <laughs> until Twitter is making fun of it again, and you're like, oh yes. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, right, Obama's an episode. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know that thing, that post that's like, what's that thing that you were involved in but are completely agree with when people make fun of it? And I'm like, ah, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which that's was also like, they were like, Tame Impala, the band, and also like podcasting as a concept, which I felt was, hey, excuse me, but like hey, what fair. what the fuck is Tame Impala? It's a band, I think, as far as I know. I don't fucking, I Did hope you say it was, I, I don't, I, I also, in my head, I want to think because Impala's an animal. I, I think, I'm thinking of an animal. Hold on. I'm thinking of an animal that's either really close to Impala or is just like, yeah, it is an animal. Okay, I'm not out of my fucking mind. It's an antelope. That's why. So I am thinking of it like, I, I know they probably mean the car, but I can't help but think the animal. So I'm just like, what, is, what does the fucking gazelle have to do with any of this? Um, <laughs> this gazelle is innocent. <laughs> Why is it here? That has nothing to do with us. Um, you guys but are no, just mean. We fucking Christ. Um, I'm I'm so. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it's never gonna be as bad as I was watching the slavery episode, and I was still in college, and I was in a dorm room, so I had like people were coming in and out of my fucking like my my apartment i guess and i'm just sitting there and i had muted the television because i was so desperate for people to not see what was happening on the screen because i was so worried they would be like oh my god this person is clearly like an insanely stupid racist for watching something like this and they wouldn't be wrong 
Yeah, I was um, gonna say, and you know what? That's fair. That would be fair. An insanely stupid racist wrote it, so it's kind of like, all right, fair. But like, I didn't, I didn't know this going in. I was really just sort of hoping it wouldn't be this. But fuck, man, I'm really hoping this is not going to be one of those episodes where I feel like if someone was watching me watch this, I would be horrified and humiliated. Please, the bar uh, yeah, is I so mean, fucking low. The bar, it's the bar. She is in the toilet. My bar, she is in the, the, in the toilet. She is in the fucking toilet. Can you people, for five minutes, just please. We shall see how that goes. Is there anything else we want to bring up from this episode? Oh, uh, no, not really. Not that I can think of. The Wait, only one thing, thing, I... one thing. This yes. is such a minor nitpick, but I f- fucking hate when in like historical episodes where I was like, oh, corsets are so uncomfortable and so annoying. I'm like, okay, well, maybe for you, if you have fucking bee stings for tits, but I fucking actually love corsets because I they are the only thing that can keep my back straight unless I'm consciously, constantly adjusting my posture because my chest is really that fucking big. So I mean, that's the thing. Most I'm actresses just- and people in fiction are so skinny that it's not really a thing. But if you have a huge bust, it's actually really helpful. And like fundamentally, even if you don't, like the way they would have been worn back then, it was basically just a long line bra. Like people weren't cinching them for wasp waists. That's not, they were just sort of worn as like undergarments. I mean, they would be if you're going to a party at the French court, but like that, but you didn't look at the camera and make a distinction. Now, did you, Philip? Yeah. But it is just kind of, it's lazy. Like, it's like, it, it just, it's such a lazy, unnecessary, corsets bad sort of take where I'm like, listen. Oh, I did remember something. Um, the Moschino collection for spring, summer. Yes, love All that. All of the beautiful, it's I'm like, good. I can't believe Legends did a, a fucking Versailles episode. And then Moschino said, watch this shit. Let me show you how it's done. Because I'm like, honestly, we need to do a part two for season six. And I know we can't even remotely even begin to think about affording a Moschino outfit. But I want us to try. If we start budgeting now, we can definitely... Start budgeting now when we fire half the cast. If we start budgeting (laughs) now, then we can definitely maybe rent that cake dress for Tala to wear. For uh, maybe like five minutes. Maybe like five minutes? Come on. I know you want to. We will run the Kickstarter for Tala to get to wear that dress. Um, It's very good. Put Tala in the fucking cake dress, you cowards. Absolute cowards. Um, Hey, Gossip Lark. But uh, yeah, no, those were, that was just a gorgeous collection. Um, My favorite, my favorite not, my favorite aesthetically was the cake dress, but the one that I thought said the most, like in terms of interesting things about fashion was the denim one. Mm. Um, that was like really interesting just as like a sort of an art piece commenting on fashion trends. Um, even if it wasn't like my favorite out of the bunch, it was definitely the most sort of statement. Like, I liked the clearly- Yeah. I mean, the ones that were made of leather jackets were so good. I also liked also the good. one that was a robe anglais, but instead of having like another skirt under it, it had jeans. Like this is going to go up there with the Barbie collection. It's very, very. Yeah, it's a good one. I know, I know at this point you may be like, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Just look up like Moschino spring collection to see it. It'll be, it'll make complete sense. 
it's 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 totally it's a good it's a good palate cleanser after this after this hot take of Versailles. It is also so funny to me because like Versailles is so famously like over the top gloriously beautiful mm-hmm. and their shots of Versailles were all like a dirty hallway. And I mean I, well, I understand their shots were literally in like a banquet hall they like rented out. I'm surprised we didn't yeah. see chairs folded up in shots. Not even like a nice looking banquet hall. Like it wasn't like I'm just like holy shit guys. But Nate I going when Zari's like I could be killed and you let me go out like this and Nate was like I'm sorry you're hot. Like that was adorable. He's stupid. Yeah, that was a good moment because it wasn't even malicious. I'm just like he's so fucking stupid. He's so stupid. Please, please and again, help him. I cannot stress enough. This is a historian. <laughs> this is a he's historian. so stupid. I love him. <laughs> Time travel has actually made him dumber because if anyone, if anyone should have gone, wait, 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 you can't go out dressed like that. It's the French Revolution. It should have been him, and maybe a season and a half ago would have been him. It's not him anymore. <laughs> Girl, pretty. adapt to reading oh god i I mean i'm gonna say that scene where everybody is chasing after zari because they love her so much i'm like i am kin with this this it's it's it was fun and it was like cute without being like threatening like they could have made that go a really creepy way and they didn't so thanks genuinely bare minimum there um we did it did it but uh, yeah, I'm okay. also like I don't I don't think if Marie Antoinette is being famous for having perfume in particular. I think they just wanted to do the celebrity perfume crack. Unless there's like some tidbit about Marie Antoinette. I'm well, do you remember in the Venture Brothers that um, after 24 dies, he keeps coming back from the afterlife because all of the famous people he meets in the afterlife don't believe him that number 21 has like some kind of special talent for identifying celebrity perfumes. Fucking Christ! Yeah, so the really specific bit works in this in this in this in this context. Yes, yeah. you know what? You can never be too niche for Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, never. Um, that is the show's secondary motto. Also, we don't we don't know what the hell is going on, and neither do you. Um, somebody did. I think they were talking to like actually Warner Brothers to do some promotional stuff on Instagram. And they asked, like, the cast, and the it was the cast and um, Granny and Keto and Phil. And they were like, what's your favorite wardrobe moment? And Maisie said the pirate one again. Um, and I think, I can't remember what Katie liked. And I think Jess really liked the 40s, the dress. And Phil says, I really like this jacket that I'm wearing that I uh, stole from a set. I think it was Robbie Amell's. Where I'm like, okay. First of all. <laughs> oh my god. Be gay, do crimes. Um, there's there me throwing rocks at Phil Clemmer. This is only partially because of your nonsensical writing. There are several reasons for this. I mean, that's a great. I love stories. That 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 is genuinely so goddamn funny. Goddamn, like just not even. I think it was Robbie Amell's. Like, thank you. Um, you know for a fact it was Robbie Amell's, and you did it on purpose. And I respect that. Honestly, good for you. Um, any day you can bully an Amell is a good day. It's a good. It's a good day. Agreed. Um, I think that's the real takeaway from this episode. Um, yeah. Uh, Zari is perfect and beautiful. She and Ava are in yeah, love, no, and that's great. great. Sarah, Sarah loves that Ava has. Episode. Sarah loves that Ava has more girlfriends. They can have more girlfriends yeah. together. Might I don't well, understand. I don't understand what the problem is. Um, very yeah. much looking forward to Charlie's plot. Uh, deeply nervous yeah. about the next uh, about next week's episode. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. In Bayonetta 2, she can fly now. Sometimes in Never certain been. scenes, and she has um wings. All right, Bayonetta's got to go into hell to get her wife back. Yeah, mood. Okay. Good night. Oh. Oh. Okay. Good night. I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.